Welcome back to Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Sutris here on the road, uh, getting prepared for a, for a trip uh, midweek, but uh, I wanted to give you something to listen to should you be on your way to New York Comic Con. I won't be there this week, but uh, neither will my guest. But uh, if you want to start a fire, you call somebody like Kelly Sue DeConnick and you get a conversation with her. Great two-hour conversation. Uh, Bitch Planet, her excellent image series with Valentine DeLandro. Uh, the first arc is available as a trade. It comes out on Wednesday, just in time for New York Comic Con. Valentine DeLandro will be at New York Comic Con, set up at Artist Alley with copies of Bitch Planet. Check it out. Uh, hit the image booth at uh, New York Comic Con. Of course, hit your local stores as well. But uh, it's a great opportunity to talk about the first five issues of Bitch Planet. Um, also, uh, tease what's coming up at, in Pretty Deadly, her excellent series with Emma Rios. And uh, also, we talk about diversity in comics because, you know, Kel's pretty outspoken and uh, talks about how uh, women deserve more breaks and also people of color as well. And uh, we kind of take it the temperature of the comic market, as I say. And uh, the conversation gets heated for a second, which is good. Because as I, as I tell her in the, in the talk, uh, I respect Kel. I really do. And uh, we've been friends for nine years. And uh, I've always enjoyed her company. And I really respect her. I, I think she's a very smart person. And um, I come with questions that I think some others might have as well in terms of uh, where diversity in comics is uh, right now. So uh, it's a great opportunity to talk to Kel, get her feelings, and share them with you on this episode of Word Balloon. Brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. As always, thank you for your support. Uh, don't forget uh, Word Balloon if you'd like to subscribe. If you're able to subscribe and want to help out the cause, uh, go to patreon.com slash wordballoon or the front page of wordballoon.com. And there's a Patreon ad right there. If you click on that, it will take you right to my Patreon page. If you could spare a dollar, two dollars a month, that'd be terrific. Uh, I really do appreciate it. I think Word Balloon uh, provides a lot of entertainment every month, certainly more than the average price of a comic book. So if you can even give me, you know, a fourth of what you'd pay on a comic book, a third of what you'd pay, half, anything like that, that's terrific, if you can afford it. As I always say, the best way to help Word Balloon out is let a friend know that it's a good show and they should be listening too. Word Balloon is also brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. Tremendous deals are happening right now on your favorite trade paperbacks. Hardcovers, Absolute Editions, Omnibuses, Essentials, you name it, they're on sale now at InStockTrades.com. Case in point, Saga, the trade paperback, Volume 5. Fiona Staples at Brian K. Vaughn, 45% off, and it's just $8.24. From Mad Magazine, you can get the original cast of Idiots, 50% off, it's just $22.50. And we're talking about great work from the art of uh, Jack Davis, Wally Wood, Will Elder, uh, among others. Harvey Kurtzman writing, tremendous stuff. Batman, Trade Paperback Volume 6, The Graveyard Shift, 50% off, it's just $8.49. How about Walt Kelly's Pogo? Man, what a great series. If you haven't ever read Pogo, uh, here's your perfect opportunity. It's the complete Dell Comics run of Pogo. This is volume three, 25% off. It's just $45. Those are just a few of the books that are on sale now at InStockTrades.com. There's a lot more, and we can talk about that at the next commercial. But uh, check out the website for yourself. If your orders are $50 or more, you'll receive free shipping from your friends at InStockTrades.com. All right, without further ado, let's uh, get to our conversation with Kelly Sue DeConnick. It's great to welcome her back for another talk right now on Word Balloon. Kelly Sue DeConnick, welcome back to Word Balloon. 
far too I've long. I've you so, John Suntress. Who's my Fred? Who's my duck face Fred? Don't Thank you. Likewise. <laughs> I, I tell you and Matt, you guys are like the little brother and sister I never had because we all like the, some, the same fun shit and everything and, and always That's laugh. Sweet. So no, and it's been for uh, since last San Diego since I've seen you. Yeah, you know? right. and we're we're both we're both not doing New York, unfortunately. Yeah, I love New York, but um, but oh my God, I'm tired. And New York is not a show you should do when you're tired. Amen. And I will uh, I will be in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, dealing with uh, podcast stuff. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Oh, yeah, it's very excited about that, but also excited because uh, coming in time for uh, New York Comic Con. Uh, we'll get the uh, first arc uh, in trade form of Bitch Planet. I saw Sanko and you, uh, Lauren Sankovic, uh, opening the box on Periscope. Right. That was our first attempt to use Periscope for anything. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like That's I decided great. like a minute before that we should do it. So she actually had to tape the box back up. <laughs> like, oh, wait, there we should go. do a Periscope. <laughs> Ooh, a recreation. I like that. Yeah, Boy, that's like, here you go. There's a scope. It. She was like she I think like the 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 terror part was it. <laughs> no, it was really good and it was funny cuz I uh was going to try and comment and man, you guys had a lot of uh, people pop up. Like it was like 200 people right away and they're like, "Hey, you can't comment. You're in too late." I'm like, "All right, I'll just watch." Really? That's oh. all right. It was funny. Absolutely. Yeah, it was hilarious. So nice going. Oh. There you go. Yeah, I've been you... trying it. Like, I, I love when artists use it. I, I always think it's sure. really cool. I'll see, you know, Eric Kennedy does it a lot. I'll, I'll see, like, oh, Kennedy's drawing something. I'm like, that's so cool. Um, yeah. And then and then I think, like, you know, oh, that would be fun. How could we use that? And, like, I don't know. You want to sit and watch me make faces at the screen as I'm writing? You know, <laughs> it's not that exciting. Uh, well, and I've thought about doing it like while I'm podcasting because I've seen some other podcasters do that. And uh, sadly, Larry King even does that. All right, we're getting ready in the studio. Oh, that's uh, smart. Me. Yeah, and David Steinberg, I saw, is doing a podcast now, and he and Kathy Griffith were kind of like messing around before they were going to uh, start interviewing each other. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I've uh, I've done it a few times myself, and it's weird. You're right. I've do- mostly I've done it in airport terminals after a convention, and kind of been like, okay, I just finished the con. This is what happened, and I like oh, do it for fun. a half hour. Yeah, and I saw Jim Lee and uh, DiDio at a library, kind of talking up DC doing one. So no, I I like it. I think it's interesting, and I and I mention it because if people are following on Facebook or Twitter or stuff, and you want to jump in to either of us, should we? do our next ones, you'll, you're more aware of it now that we, we do that. Cool. So, and I'm at, like, are you going to, do you know what you might be doing it more for in the future? No, I mean, I, re- I haven't really given it that much thought. Like, I think it's, um, you know, if we're going to do it, I want to make it something that's, that, that's a fun behind the scenes peek at something, you know, but, right. um, but I, I have to think about what anyone might want to see. Um, it's also nice to be holding the camera because then you don't have to worry about whether you have lipstick on or not. <laughs> I know I know that's a big concern for you. I know you're like, oh, well, damn it, no, but, I left my lipstick. No, but what I do is I shoot like sketches of like original art as opposed to pointing the camera at me. There no, you I, go. Right. I'm like, here, look look at a pretty picture while I'm talking. It's okay. There you go. And People the, like, the other problem on, we have is um, my office has three giant um, bulletin boards in it that have uh, breakdowns of story uh-huh. arcs. Yeah, and um, I have had it happen before where like I I popped on a Skype appearance with a store and realized that the board behind me had the entire second arc of uh, Pretty Deadly on it, 
And I was like, shit. (laughs) I'm like running for a black cloth to throw over it. And I like spun my computer around. I was like, hang on, you guys. Uh, (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So, Um, uh, so there's a little bit of like, what can we show you that won't ruin anything? You know? I understand. Well, now for the trade, so we've got the five issues. Mm-hmm. Um, the story, I should say. I don't know. Are any of the are any of the essays included in the trade or not? There are no essays in the first trade because we were trying to keep okay. to that nine ninety nine price point. Yes. Um, and I am. Uh, we have not decided, Val and I, what we want to do going Moving forward. Through. I mean, we would like to collect the community pages or the essays. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're trying to decide, do we hold those for an eventual hardcover? Um, uh, do we collect them in a separate book? Uh, sure. Is another option um, that has been suggested. If we do that, I want to make sure that the essayists get paid for that. Um, so we have to have our lawyers work all of that out. Um Appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to, you yeah, know, like, like capitalize on their, paying, good, good uh, like it's not life changing money, what we pay for those essays. So, uh, so if we're going to use them again and particularly, especially, I wouldn't even think of doing it. Um, I, I wouldn't think of collecting them by themselves without making sure that the, the essays benefit from that. Understood. Um, but then, like, figuring out how to do the accounting on that and making sure all the legal paperwork is in place is a little bit daunting. So it's sort of like, I don't know if this is worth it. But, I can appreciate uh, that. Well, well, well then I, we're, it's on, we're talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, the, and the great thing is, you know, for different reasons, obviously, Matt and Chip with sex criminals have been able to experiment in those places. So you've yeah. got some sort of, like, source of possible you know, ways that you can remarket this stuff if you choose to. And the only reason why, obviously, I ask is because they are such great essays. And uh, again, it, what's great is, and I, and I love this about all of you, is you're making your monthlies very important, and it is a full magazine experience. And I've talked about that with Rucka with Lazarus and Matt and Chip with Sex Criminals and, yeah. uh, you know, and the like. I mean, all of these, and certainly Brubaker and Sean with uh, all, of, all the uh, – crime stuff that they do and the yeah. wonderful essence we get from them. But that's the thing. And really Comics um, are expensive. Yeah. You know? Ah, but you guys manage to all keep them at a price point. And I've been, you know, I'm sure my listeners are sick of me saying this, but we know the big two are flirting with that four ninety nine price point. And you guys are delivering more at already a cheaper price. And it's like, okay, if you guys really want to do that, I think it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, Good luck. Yeah, no ads. Um, Indeed. <laughs> but, Very uh, true. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm like, four bucks is what we're asking for Bitch Planet right now because we added yep. uh, eight pages. Um, wow, I didn't even realize that. That's awesome. Yeah, so we we added eight pages. Now we added eight pages of community. Um, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so the the essay and the community stuff, yes. or a purely of uh, fan mail. Um, so it won't be purely fan mail. We're we're actually I've uh, I've commissioned uh, an artist and writer team. Yes. To do a backup comic set in the same world. Um. So we're gonna have uh we're gonna have a we're gonna have a short 
an eight page comic that'll run four and four uh, across two issues. And okay. um, uh, and we're doing like we're going to do an and we've we've you know, we've got the, an essay in every one. We've got my introductory essay in every one. Mm-hmm. We've got letters. We, we are running an interview um, uh, in an upcoming issue, um, like uh, the backup comics that I mentioned. Um, we're really trying to make it like, like you said, a magazine experience. We want it to be um, a community experience. We want it to be something you can spend time with. You know, I want to run a reading list. I want to show like, here are all the books I've been using for research for this book. Um, you know, just uh, ways to make it. Uh, you know, my joke is always that, like, for four bucks, I don't want to be able to finish it in one shit, you know? Exactly. Yeah. No, that's Storenko's <laughs> critique of 100 bullets to Azzarello. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, and it's not. It's definitely a two shit book. Thank you. I'm going to put that on the back. <laughs> Can that be my pull quote? Absolutely. I see everybody else back there. there it's definitely a two shit book. John Sutcher's word book. <laughs> <laughs> You. <laughs> we'll do the little emoticon, the little happy shit emoticon. <laughs> That's fantastic. I uh, no, I honestly, it's great, great, uh, great, interesting ending. I kind of don't want to spoil. It's up to you how much you want to spoil because I do think that obviously, especially at the nine ninety nine price point, um, and also I'm sure it was tough to hunt down issues. So people who maybe weren't on from from issue one might, you know, glom on. Do you have initial ideas of, you know, did you did you sell out of your print run for your uh, for your? Oh, uh, yeah. We're out of everything. Nice. Yeah. Um, It's it's nice, except that we've been out of everything for a while. So (laughs) that's kind of stupid because I'm kind of dumb. But. Yeah, it's it is it is. You can get back issues, but you will have to pay an arm and a leg for them, which sort of like I feel really bad about that. But Digi- digitally, do they get, include the essays and? All oh yeah, stuff? digitally. You you don't they don't mark up the price of them digitally. So there you go. You can you can okay. you can read them digitally. And digitally, they have all of the back matter, and I think I think the digital off of the image site is actually even cheaper. I think you actually get a price oh. cut by digital off the image site and it's DRM free. So you should totally do that. Absolutely. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, no, I thought it was an excellent arc and uh, it's going to break some hearts for people who catch up. I know. And, oh. and, and, that, and that was excellent. But, it, but again, it's that all important twist uh, to lead us into what may be coming with president bitch, the, mm-hmm. uh, the second arc, but, uh, and also with issue six, uh, Taki Soma is doing uh, the standalone. Yes, yes. Very cool. Yes, it's very pretty. It's a different. Um, it's a very different style from either um, Robert or um, Val, which was really interesting. What was really interesting to me was like I saw a couple people online say, like, a couple people gave Val credit for Robert's penny Robert's roll. issue. Um, yeah. And uh, like, di- didn't even notice that it was a different artist. Now, now you know, Val is my co-creator on the book. Um, yes, Poe owns everything. Don't and you know, and he is in, deeply involved in the development of all the characters and everything. So don't don't get me wrong. And my saying that 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 Val doesn't, I don't mean to suggest that Val doesn't like it isn't a part of every issue. He is, but um, what I mean is that that I was surprised that people thought that that was just Val like 
tweaking his style. Um, uh, because I think Robert's style is so distinctively Robert's. Um, so that really, really surprised me. And I, I think it was maybe the consistency of, of um, Chris's colors. That That's exactly work. what I was going to suggest. Absolutely. Chris Peters is a wonderful colorist. Yeah. And uh, yeah, because I've, I've made that mistake before with other books. And I can't recall if I made that mistake talking to Val a few weeks ago uh, myself. But um, and also Val is kind of experimenting with his own style too. With with Bitch Planet, it is it is a lot different than yeah. what he did on X Factor and things like that. Yeah. So the uh, you know honestly, I was uh, I was watching Rollerball, the original role, the good one, not the Chris <laughs> Klein, not the. <laughs> well, sadly, we know that there's a good one and a bad one, but the James Con one and their John Hausman one from the early seventies, and it was on Turner or something, or even maybe one of my local movie channels. Uh, that we get on the digital channels. But um, yeah, I, I really didn't realize how much Megaton was like Rollerball in a good way. And it's like, it's just another great influence. I mean, that's the thing. You had the prison movies. Yeah. You got, you know, this Stepford Wife society. Dude, really I read, was, or read, I watched uh, uh, Robocop last night. Okay. And I'm embarrassed. What are you channeling from Robocop? I'm not recognizing it so good. Like this is my robot. Well, I suppose I suppose some of the design that Val has for the guards, I kind of see that. But oh, and my god! And like, um, uh, I had to ask Val about this, but it literally, this just happened last night. But um, uh, the OCP logo and the Megaton logo <laughs> are like so fucking similar. Like, <laughs> is, is that intentional, or are we just like deeply like wearing our influences on our sleeves? But no, I mean, like the 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 OCP guys are like so the Council of Fathers. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> see, and I see the Stepford. I see the like the the fathers of uh, the suburb of Stepford. Yeah, from the Catherine Ross Stepford was again the good one. Yeah, yeah. not the not the crappy Nicole Kidman one. Yeah, yeah. I, I live tweeted a, a rewatching a RoboCop last night, and a lot of people were like, uh, you know, uh, oh, which one? Um, <laughs> and I was just like. <laughs> I don't know what that question means. <laughs> I know. I know. God, what did I hear? I forget what their remake. Oh, goddamn Liberty Valance. Did you see that they what? they want to Yeah, I well, and and maybe it might work because what they want to do, much like they did with another western, they want to turn it more into an urban crime thing. Um, and I'm not sure exactly how they're going to do it, but yeah, I I think Paramount or whoever owns the original story is talking about, you know, tinkering with Liberty Valance oh. and trying to do it. And it's like, no, no, that was Jimmy Stewart and John Wayne. That's yeah. what made that – and John Ford, those three things. I mean, things. if you just want to steal the plot, just steal the plot, you know? That's- well, and I and that's – it sounds like that's what they're doing. But – and again, putting it in a crime setting or whatever. Yeah. But it just doesn't – I don't know. It doesn't work because it really is a story about the transition from like the Old West to the modern yeah. era. And, you know, print the legend if you don't, you know, right, if, right, yeah. you know, that whole that whole parable that's in the movie. So, yeah, I, I don't know. But, um, but, yeah, I'm shrugging. What are you what are you going to do? Yeah. They re- everything. I, somebody, you know, the the I, I you the question you always get from um, folks who don't realize that you get this question all the time, you know, is uh, uh, like if you could do one character that you've never written before, who would it be and sure. what would you do? You know, and and. <laughs> Like I don't even entertain that question anymore. Um, 
Because there's like a, a, a million reasons why it's a, it's just a terrible idea to answer it. Um, uh, and also, like, it depends on the day you catch me, you know? Sure. Um, and, and also, also, like, you're, I know what you mean by that question is um, uh, what character from Marvel or DC would you like to write? Like, that's what they mean, you know? Right. Of course. Yeah, exactly. They want a mainstream superhero. Yeah. Uh, so uh, well, so when, when, yeah. when they say, what character would, you know, you're like, well... Tank girl. Yeah. No, no. I mean, like my, 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 my thing is always like, well, um, see, I don't have that problem because when I, when I think, oh, that's a story I'd like to write, then, then I just uh, write it and it's my character. <laughs> and like, Well, this is true. Very nice. Um, but uh, assuming that I'm, that I understand that, that they mean what license, you know, would you like to work on or whatever? I was thinking about it and like, you know, my pad answer is always modesty blaze and, but, um, uh, but there is an eighties movie that like I would totally remake. Which one? It's called The Hidden. Oh, I remember The Hidden with Kyle McLaughlin. Yes. See this again, this is why I talked to you and Matt. Yes. That's a great movie. <laughs> I love that movie so much. <laughs> it's about an alien that likes hard rock, fast girls or fast girls, fast cars and hot girls. Yep. And at one point he gets in the body of this woman. And like like, oh, there are things I could do with that. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it. That's cool. And I'll even I'll cop to I come in peace with uh, Brian Ben Ben. Oh. And I, and that's another alien kind of uh manhunter uh, sort of uh movie and stuff. But no, I remember the hidden quite well. That's awesome. Yeah, I just I watched uh I was talking about it the other day and Matt was like, You are making this up and I'm like, Oh no 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 no, I am not making this up. This I don't is remember that thing. part. And I pulled it up on, uh, like, I, I found the, uh, you know, the, the god-awful trailers. Oh, my God, our trailers were awful. Um, <laughs> I found the god-awful trailer from uh, from the 80s on YouTube and played it for Matt. And he was like, this is amazing. I was like, I know. <laughs> Did you have, and, you know, it just came out on DVD. And I have a feeling that one of my local stores that I rent DVDs still from because they're cool cult kind of shops and they have stuff that nobody else has. Maybe they, they got a bootleg of this because I saw that it just came out. Uh, the movie about Canon films, electric boogaloo. Oh yeah. It's great. Yeah. What I was just reading about that. It's amazing. It's, it was on the, you know, uh, festival circuit for like a year or two. Right. Yeah. And, I would and, like to see that. I would very much like to see that. You'll love it. You guys both will love it. Well, the great thing is, speaking of like Bitch Planet and its inspirations and stuff, Sybil Danning right there for you. And Sybil Danning, Sylvia Crystal, like all my all my uh, you know softcore like favorite women and stuff. Sadly, from the <laughs> Cinemax days. Sorry, Kel. That's okay. Oh, I'm right write... there with you, my bad. And, and I know that as well. I know who I'm talking to, but it's true. And it's just like, and they they look great, and they're really funny, and they have great stories. And and absolutely no, the whole movie is just fantastic, and it's celebration of things like the hidden and all those t- the Apple that terrible musical that they made, and of course the breaking uh, movies and breaking two electric boogaloo, hence the title. Uh, Want to know what Shabadoo's doing these days? He's there, and uh, <laughs> and I always get the little I do guys. Now I didn't realize exactly. I did, but now I do. Exactly, because Norton came up with the name of the the other guy, and I can't think of his name now. The, the sidekick. Oh God, the other the, the other sir. I remember. Over the, is it Cynthia Rothrock? Yeah. I remember I so. the movie theater I went to go see it at, and I went with Nikki Pate 
and uh and i and nikki's nikki's family was like baptist and i don't think she was allowed to see shit like that so we just <laughs> like lied <laughs> was that your first like well, no, because that wasn't that dirty. No, 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 no. There's no, no. no nudity or anything. What no, was your my, first? And my family was like, I got, I was allowed just about anything, you know. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's great because Excalibur and um, I think, uh, well, Private Lessons with Sylvia Crystal. Those were like the two where, oh, it's that kind of. Yeah, movie. I hated Excalibur though. I super hated Excalibur, and I, in fact, oh, I one of the movie. worst nightmares I've ever had in my life was Merlin from Excalibur chasing me up to a rooftop. <laughs> Nicole Williamson. He was awesome. Yeah. A nightmare to others. Yeah. And what the fuck was that shiny thing on his head? Like, yeah. Oh, I don't, yeah, his little bald cap. Yeah, his little skull cap and everything. Yeah. I don't know. It's like if uh, Luke Cage's tiara had melted on his head. Yes. Yes. In inversely, <laughs> sort of. But, and then, yeah. I, well, and again, you didn't like Excalibur, but the guy who played Arthur, Nigel Terry, you know, pops up 30 years later on like a Matt Smith Doctor Who. Yeah. No, I didn't As like Excalibur Matt, not I because, I mean, it, it may well be an excellent. Uh, I also don't like Camelot. Like, I just hate the whole... Oh, Arthurian, Arthurian uh, kind of... Uh, did you hear... Is that it? No. no. Oh, so, some something upstairs went grossly awry. Oh, well, Matt's in charge. Um, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, no, I I don't know why, but, like, the whole... The, the Lancelot, Guinevere betrayal, like, just fucking infuriates me. I, yeah, yeah, that's shitty. I have some kind of... Like that pushes some button for me that I I just can't even. I can appreciate that. Um, so. No, and I and it's funny even as a guy I'm like oh that's not cool come on yeah no it's it's Spock would never you know, do that it's so much I mean and, and I and it's human and blah 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 and what but like oh fuck y'all like. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. No, absolutely. You're very funny. Oh my god. Um. Well, you're killing me. All right, back back to, back to Bitch Planet. Um, so, and I mean, obviously, this is going to be another five issues and, and then a break. Yeah. Um, and as you said, 30 issues and, you know, you although, see that. Although, uh, I was, uh, uh, Val came down for, um, for Rose City. Rose City. And, uh, uh, and he was like, you know, we could go to 50. I was like, wow, yay. I'm going to remember you said that. That's fantastic. Hey, I'm telling you, uh, I had a lovely conversation with him about a month ago. He's a good dude. And, oh, he's an incredibly good dude. And and I've just never been. Thank you truly for like, you know, partnering with him, because like I said, I've known he's been a good dude for five years. But while he was doing all those X-Men books, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I don't care about X-Factor. And I, I even like Peter David. I'm just not an X-Men guy. And he was so sweet the first time he met me. And I'm like, oh, man, and you're really good, and you're working on an X-Men book. I'm like, I can't have you on and half-ass it, man. I got to I gotta be into what you're doing. Yeah. And that's why I was so thrilled when when you you know guys got together for Bitch Planet. I'm like, oh, great, yay. Yeah, so, I mean, it was always, you know. He's just, he's, I can't even, like, it's, it, it's, it seems so disingenuous when you talk about, like, but the thing is that, like, your your partner on particularly on create our own books, um, you know, it's it's a it's a it is a relationship that requires a great deal of trust, um, and 
we are so lucky in this house, you know? Um, yeah. I will weep talking about Emma Rios, how gifted she is and how generous she is and just how much I genuinely adore her. Um, and, Val and I haven't worked together that long, but like I'm at the point where I'm like, can you move to Portland? Because I want our <laughs> children to play together. You know, like I do know. Absolutely. He's he is he's so smart and he's so funny. You know, it's really important to me that this book have a sense of humor. And I will uh, you know, I bring the anger and sometimes I forget <laughs> to bring the funny. Um, and Val always makes sure that there's a sense of humor in it, you know, and, and it's a satire. And, you know, when we were talking about it at first, it was, you know, we kept saying it's a mean satire. It's a nasty satire. And, and like, I'm it, it, no problem with the mean part, but, <laughs> but, you know, sometimes the satire part, I just forget, you know, and, uh, I, and he always yeah. makes sure that there's, there is a, a sense of humor to the book and, and a visual sense of humor and like, you know, he's always thinking he's, he's, he's like anything he's like, no, no I'm going to, I'm going to do again. You know, like, like he, he pushes himself so hard and, um, and just uh, on top of like what a, what a great partner he is and what a great talent he is and what a great intellect he is. He's also just like, he, you know, when he, when he came for Rose city, he came a little early and he stayed here with us and like, he's such a good dude. And like, you know, he missed his family so much. And it was, it was like Matt and I were saying, it was like one of us, like, you know, like he would go out on the, the back porch to, to, uh, FaceTime with his kids and then bring his kids in to talk to my kids. And, you know, and like, very nice. um, uh, and he was like doing dishes and, you know, putting together Ikea furniture with us and, you know, like, yeah, he was just like immediately one of the family, and I really, really adore him. So, no, no that's that's terrific. It doesn't surprise me because I was going to say he's a he's a gentleman and a gentleman, and I mean that's yeah. been my experience with him on a personal level. And no, he really is. I, I really like him a lot, and I'm I'm thrilled with for both of you because, and as you say, he brings the funny, and really, it's like you know Miko, like you know, just kind of celebrating her goal. Yeah, yeah, just right. That, that kind of, you know, yeah, just that. <laughs> In your face, fuckers! You know, yeah, I mean, that and was the great. third, the third level, and the background of the uh, the proposal scenes on the treadmill. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a like the first two layers. There's you know, I I those are in the script. That whole third layer on the jumbotron, not in the script at all. Oh, that's great! Yeah, it's hilarious. Jesus, no, I honestly, um. The sporting tree. That's why I brought up uh, rollerball earlier. No, I think the sport is fun to watch. And I know you were telling us uh, the first time that we talked about Bitch Planet about just designing a sport like this and where you were picking up your inspirations from and everything. And um, but uh, yeah, just the whole the whole the whole setup. Now you say that you know it's a means you know that it's a a parody, but there's you know a bite to it, obviously. And and I ask this because it is a right book, I think, for the right time. And honestly, like you know who who can judge that but and maybe you could because you you know you you've been outspoken and everything but like does the audience do they because i see a lot of and it's good it's i think it's positive energy that it's like yeah we want a book like this and that a lot of women are behind this book also a lot of men enjoy this book as well do they get the funny 
Do you think the funny's coming through to them? I think so. I do think so. Um, I hope so. Uh, the funniest thing to me is, and, and we have a, we have a lot of really insightful, really wonderful male readers. Um, but, uh, the, the best, the best letter I've ever gotten was, um, the guy who said that he really liked the book except for the feminism parts, <laughs> which I was just like, what parts are you reading? <laughs> like, <laughs> I literally don't know what, like the gutters. <laughs> he wasn't serious. I assume he's having fun. Uh, God, maybe so. Maybe that's it. Okay. And I am just like a dork and I completely <laughs> missed the joke, but I don't think so. Cause he was sort of lecturing me about playing too heavy handed oh. with my message. Oh, okay. Because, <laughs> yeah, I thought the guy was being funny. <laughs> no, I mean, that's great, though. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. That would be the best. That would uh, that would fucking rule. I would hope so. Absolutely. No, it's uh, it it's great, man. It's a it's a cool. It's 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 everything that it proposed it would be in terms of what I saw in the first issue and our conversation. In terms of it is absolutely a great kind of send up of those classic women in in jail kind of movies from the 80s it has the futuristic society you're building this very interesting non-compliant you know compliance versus non-compliance society that you know i mean honestly a lot of people can relate relate beyond i think the gender issue as well oh yeah absolutely i mean it's it's about yeah i I mean there are there are certainly I get I get frequently asked by men like how do I feel about men getting um, the non-compliant tattoo? I'm like, well, my husband has one. <laughs> you know, absolutely. So, so I guess I'm okay with it. Um, or we're gonna have a really awkward conversation. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's like I don't think you. I I I make no bones about feeling like women get short shrift in this world. Um, but I don't think you have to be a woman to not, to not meet the standards that are imposed upon you. Um, and to suffer for that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that happens no matter where you identify along the gender spectrum. You know, um, no, absolutely. No, there's people with power and people without power and they feel subjugated and have to, you know, follow the rules and follow, follow a certain way, even though it goes against their, what they feel is right or what they feel is just. Yeah. And, you know, um, um, and I'm, I'm like, I say it like I'm kidding, but I'm not, you know, the patriarchy hurts everybody. Um, yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, I mean, I swear to God, it's not, it's not a line, um, you know, even no matter how privileged someone may look on the outside. Um, you well, we're about to see that. We're about to see that going into the second arc with one of the characters. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, at least at least one that is pretty obvious in terms of, you know, where he starts and what happens in, the, in that final issue of the first arc and everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, although, I mean... You'll see a lot more of this. I'm just okay. Spoilers, you guys. So yeah, here we go. Here we go. Um, so John's going to put something down in the bottom, telling you. Oh, we can do a time cue. Absolutely. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll put a time cue. And also, right now, you've heard us talk about it, so 
you know, if you, if you didn't catch that on, on wordballoon.com, we're about to go into uh, territory. Right. Spoiler territory. Go All on. All right. So, um, uh, there's a, there are a lot of, uh, stereotypes and ridiculous, uh, cliches about Asian men. Um, uh, you know, Asian, Asian men are, um, uh, either either viewed as like you know like the the, the wise master you know? uh-huh. um or um unless they're like you know Bruce Lee um then it then they're like they're desexualized they're they're like not a threat you know okay um and so one of the things that I wanted to do with with Meiko's dad whose name is Mokoto is um Mac that uh you know and when you meet him in 5 he's he doesn't really get a chance to show off but like i want i want makoto to be like harrison ford you know i want him to be a fucking like he he's not a karate master but he is a leading man you know okay interesting oh okay um, and and uh, and Makoto is also someone, well, no, I'm not going to give that one away. So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's an Asian man. He's not like the, uh, you know, the, the portrait of the, he's not the face of the fathers really, but, um, yeah, and he's not going to roll over. He's just not going to roll over and accept the system and stuff, or, or you know, yeah. apparently. He's he's playing nice because uh, because it serves him right now. Um, but when he's he's uh, you know when he finds out what he what he has about to lose anymore, right? Shit's going to go down. Fantastic! Oh, cool! Oh, very good. Well, there we go. Another ally for uh, for Cam. Yeah. That's cool. You know, and that's, that's another excellent. thing. Like. Like sometimes I'll get mail with with where people are like, you know, it'd be nice to see a good guy who's a dude. Um, <laughs> and uh, I don't, I don't, like, that's all right. I I can appreciate that, but yeah. And, uh, I, I, and on the one oh. hand, I'm like, oh, you don't see yourself represented in the story. I'm so sorry. What's that like? <laughs> we're the we're the inverted sexy lamp. We're the unsexy Tell lamps. Me at length, slowly. Wait, start over. I'm getting popcorn. <laughs> Um, but, uh, on the other hand, when I'm not being a complete bitch, which is very rarely between like 6.30 and 6.32, um, uh, then I, I, I will also like say that, that you, you've seen good guys in my story. You just haven't noticed them. Excellent. Yeah, I don't think uh, – I, I mean unless – depending on what Glenn Weldon's future holds uh, and okay. certainly didn't start off as a, as a good guy and I assume he's not a good guy given where he started. Yeah, no, so. Weldon, Weldon's Weldon, Weldon's a dick. But, um, <laughs> uh, but you know, you met Penny's dad in three. Yes, OK. Um, and uh, uh, Penny's dad is a, is a good guy and a fighter and um, – Yo, yo, keep keep watching. No, fair enough. That's awesome. All right, are we back? Are we back on uh, everything? So yeah, okay yeah, now? we're we're spoiler free now. 
And we're back. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> there you go. So welcome back from the time jump if people didn't uh, take the spoiler nugget, but that's okay. You're going to enjoy the ride. Don't worry about it. It's excellent. Do you have – you know, Justin Jordan was kind of, from a business standpoint, kind of laying out the, the – the, like his frustrations with the ninety nine the nine ninety nine price point. As a reader, and I can appreciate and I don't know on the business side, um, I, I'm glad. I think it's smart. I really do think that – Oh, I love it. it. Okay. I got no complaints about the 999 price point. I think it's one of the smarter things uh uh one of the smarter initiatives Image has ever done. And as far as I know, you can choose not to participate as a creator and as a team or whatever. Yeah, I mean like, that, that's the thing down. with Image is like it's pretty I mean there's some stuff you can't opt out of. Like I'm the 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 no no store variants, no um, yes, yeah, which just kind of was announced. Yeah, that I um, you know, not not my circus, not my monkeys. Um, and that is a that is a company wide policy now. Um, but I bet you the 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 first the first collection nine ninety nine was it would be a thing you could opt out, opt out of. I'm sure you could okay. if you wanted to. But no, I think it's great. I mean, I think it's uh, and. And, you know, we've talked about this before, but um, except, unless you're talking about digital, the reader is not the customer. Right. Like that, this is the, this is the biggest fallacy in our industry. The reader is not the customer. The retailer is the customer. Do not blame your customer. Support your customer. Um, you know, this is a, this is a thing that I, I, you know, I want to, I see people complaining about retailers and it makes my fucking eyes bleed, you know, like <laughs> yeah. that, they, there oh. is, there is no one who could possibly be more inherently necessary to your business model at present. You know, if they're, if you have a bad relationship with them, fucking fix it. Here, here. You know, um, but, uh, the, the, the retailer is an impossible situation. Um, and if you are lucky enough to have, you know, retailers uh, that you have relationships with who, you know, know your catalog and will hand sell your books, giving them a $9.99 price point on that first collection, most people will take a shot on on the word of their dealer, you know, mm-hmm. that, no, this is good for 10 bucks. They'll try it. Um. And you don't want to sell that first trade. You want to sell those first five trades. Amen. So go ahead and make that first one an easy sell. And then you bring them back for two through five. You know, and that reminds me of a question because Gene Ha was having a signing at Challengers Comics. And you know Patrick Kendall. I love Patrick. There you go. And they were wondering about the hardcover that you are making exclusive to uh, retailers and yep. that like seven, it's a limited run, 750. Yep. Something like that. Yep. So, and I, you know, I don't know how many stores were able to opt in and, and what, you know, level of whatever they ordered, you know, they'll, they'll be able to get or anything like that. Is it, you know, have you worked out the mathematics on that yet or. I have not seen any orders on that yet. Um, I, uh, you know, I was very worried about the cost of it. Um, 
yeah, what is and I and you yeah, and you know, talk about that, Kelk, because you did. You made it and I'm really they told me and they loved what you did in terms of the kind of rules that you, you established for this. Do you want to talk about that? Like yeah, what no, it is was, and everything? This was image came to us with it. Um, and said, you know, we've, there's this big event happening and, you know, this is for local comic store day, Yeah, local comic shop day. And, um, and, you know, they were telling me about the, the, uh, the record store equivalent and, you know, and it's, it's a big collector's day and they want things that, you know, are limited runs and you can't get on another day or or at another time. And, um, and so they're like, you know, you want to do a Bitch Planet hardcover? And uh, we're like, yes. <laughs> um, and weirdly, we had commissioned a cover from Philippe Andrade wow. that we had no plans for. We had just were like, you know what? Let's just, you know, Philippe had reached out. Um, Philippe and I had such an amazing relationship working on Captain Marvel. And um, and he was like – just reached out to say that he loved the book and if we ever needed anything, you know, to call him and we're like, you want to do a cover, you know? And, uh, and then he did this gorgeous cover and I love it. And, um, so, uh, so we had it, but we didn't know what to do with it. We just figured we'd like, sometimes things happen and you're like, Oh shit, you need a variant cover for some reason or other. And it, and it's like, you need it over the weekend, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Mike Oming threw one together for me over a weekend and it looked amazing. Cool. And I was just like, I don't know how you did that. But, um, (laughs) it might be a while before we see it. Yeah. uh, Oh no, that was, uh, that was Mike's was for pretty deadly, but, um, Oh, okay. I see. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was a that there was a God, I can't even remember what that was for. That was a while back, but it was just one of those things. So so we had the idea with with uh Bitch Planet that we're like, you know what, we're just gonna have a couple stockpiled just in case. You know, worst case, if we if we need a pinup or something, we'll use you know, we'll just have these and it'll be great. Okay. So um so we commissioned this cover from Philippe. We had no plans for it, and then you know, we get the the inquiry from image about doing this hardcover for a local comic shop day. And it was like, well, yes, we do have one and it's awesome. (laughs) Uh, And then I had all of this. So, so they, they suggested a price point and I, and my, I was just like, Oh, I, I would, I wouldn't pay that, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I understand. And, uh, (laughs) And they're like, yeah, yeah, Kel, you're not a collector. I'm like, but that's unreasonable, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and um, and so uh, so what what we settled on was this, and I can't remember what it's called. And and I'm still learning a lot about the the retail end of the business. And in fact, there's a there's a I want to I want everyone who works for MilkFed actually to go spend a day or two working in a comic shop shadowing like work retail because we want interesting yeah I, I i that is a part of the business we need to understand better i think all of us on every level i probably won't make the interns do it but like everybody else but kelly you're 100 percent right i completely agree because really the variant covered debate i mean i really got schooled by pat and dal in a good way in terms of you know break this down for me because we don't know yeah we really don't know as custom as the last line of customers we don't know yeah um, so I, I was like, this is my 
you know, my business is to make products. Well, I mean, as an artist, my business is is to make work that you know, fulfills me and makes me ask questions and, you know, makes me uncomfortable. But as a businesswoman, uh, right. I, I need to know they are my customer. I need to know what, what, how I can best serve them. I need to like, I'm good at ideas. Let me see what, you know, get me, get me in there and let me see what, what I could do that would make things better. Right. Sure. Yeah. So, so everybody makes money. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you know, and then we can make it better for the, for the reader, you know, like absolutely. Uh, uh, so, anyway, that's an aside, but that's the thing I definitely want to do, and I want um, I want everyone in the office to do it. Matt has put in years um, behind the counter working at um, Heroes Aren't Hard to Find, but back in those days, they didn't even have a point of service system. So, um, okay, so, wow, yeah. So I think I think he should do it again as well. Um, <laughs> No, I don't blame you. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, and, you know, and I'm sure you guys have your pet stores in in Portland and stuff that you could hit. And, yeah, you know. no, no, and and uh, um, there's one in uh, Olympia too that I'm quite fond. Oh, okay. Um, so you know, maybe we'd 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 sp- spread it out. Um, but you know, and I think it would be fun. We could make it. You know, I'm not going to sign or whatever, but like we could we could make it a little bit of a. We could make it worth the store's while too, you know. Um, like I don't want to sit and sign because then I'm not learning anything. But I'll I'll get out there and hand sell books, you know. That's cool. Well, no, and uh, you know, yeah, I could see the value of doing it inconspicuously, but also you know doing it as well, you know. Yeah. Uh, and make it part of like a personal appearance or whatever. So no, I can appreciate that. Or just that. like don't no. don't announce it, but tweet it. Yeah. While doing it. I'm like, all right, you gonna come pick up your box? Um. I'm I'm helping today. So <laughs> no, I, I think no. Honestly, I think that's a good idea. And truly, I I spent time at a couple diamond retailer summits, and they were eye opening. And really, I, I appreciated the coverage that I saw from Baltimore just a couple weeks ago and everything because, like you say, they are those first line of customers. Yeah. Now, now you know, Bitch Planet. Uh, you know, obviously there was a couple delays with the with the issues and stuff. Were there anything you, uh... you know? Well, is there any any valuable communication between you and the retailers that came of this? I mean, other than the fact that obviously they're like, "Where's the book?" But no, you know, honestly, no, like, retailers have been very kind uh, about it. Uh, Image is pissed, um, uh, no. reasonably so. I don't, you know, I don't mean to suggest that 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 they shouldn't be. It's it's hard. It's so hard to figure out. Like, you know, we're we're, hol- we're holding it to try to get. Um, we're, you know, we're taking a longer than normal break to get ahead for, um, the second arc. Um, but you know, like there's no way to talk about this without it sounding like excuses, but look, you know, I lost five people in my family this year or last year. Wow. Kel, I'm sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Um, it was like at some point it was laughable. You know, um, uh, we lost Matt's dad this year. Like people's lives are complicated and difficult. And sometimes, you know, you have to go do the things you have to do. 
And sometimes you just don't have a script figured out. Um, or some, you know, and, and the thing is with a big two book where those books have to, you know, they're, they're, yes, the, it, it is a giant corporation and there are stockholders involved and those books have to ship on time, come hell or high water. And they will, you know, they'll bring in extra anchors or extra artists, you know, or, you know, Fill the last four pages of your book will be done by somebody else or what, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Or you you need some time off to go deal with a family thing. No problem. We're going to have a fill in writer do a two issue arc for you. Absolutely. You know, and that's fine. And that works. But nobody can do Bitch Planet but me and Val. Nobody can do Pretty Deadly but me and Emma. You know what I mean? I do. Um, like, and we have this structure set up with Bitch Planet that was supposed to help with that, where every third issue we'll have a guest artist and we'll tell one right. of the backstories. And in those backstories, though, we do include information that pl- that moves the plot forward. There just haven't been enough yes. of them for you to realize that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but the thing is that, like, if I don't feel like the script is ready. If I haven't got, say, the shower scene figured out in a way that it makes sense to me, mm-hmm. we're not doing it. And I know everyone hates me for that, and I get it. And I know, and I mean, there are people who have lost their careers to deadline problems. Sure. Um, so I understand the weight of what I'm talking about here. Um, I understand readers drop off. Um, like I know this, it is a big deal, but I'm between a rock and a hard place here because I'm not going to shit it out if I don't have it. Um, and I am trying to play the long game. I want the books to be as good as they can be. And I I want, I want to be signing these for the next 25 fucking years. And I don't want to cringe. I mean, I will anyway, but you know what I mean? I don't want it to be like, oh, that's the issue where I couldn't figure it out. So we changed it for the, you know what I mean? I'm hip. I know. I know exactly what you mean. Um, And yes, it is best if you can be both fast and brilliant, but we are not all Brian K. fucking Vaughn. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yes, I do. And, and, the, and that is the thing that, like, also, you know, makes me a little nuts is, is like, there's, well, you know, well, Saga this and Saga that. And, you know, like, I love Saga and I fucking love Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona. Like, it's sort of like when Marvel looked at the at the uh, sales charts and we're like, well, you know, the, the Avengers books are all doing over 60,000. So let's just make more Avengers books and kill our mid list. Like, No. That's not – we're not all Avengers books, you know? Yeah. So let me be me. I'll do my best. Get off my jock. <laughs> have more stores uh, come on that were – you know, have more stores ordered the uh... – you know the collection. Yeah, and here, that here's maybe could get on interesting. You. I have not heard any complaints from real retailers. I'm sure Image has heard complaints from retailers, and I'm sure that is why Image is not was not happy with us. Um, but uh, uh, 
but I, I, I have not heard that. And again, again, you know, like I, I get it. People are only unhappy because they want to support us and they think we can do better and we're hurting ourselves. Um, but you know, I'm also neither a child nor an idiot, you know, I, I, I understand what the stakes are. I'm not shrugging it off. So are, uh, any, um, studios sniffing around uh, at this concept a bitch planet yeah yeah um yeah totally I don't know how we, many, uh, okay uh, i i if it if it was already reported i, I it, no, it, no, no 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 there's no um i'm no there's no deal made uh, okay uh but you're making around no i mean it's it, i don't know what i want it to be okay um and and it's a long you know we're talking about maybe doing 50 issues on this there's no sure. rush I can appreciate that too. So that's cool. Well, and I and I had heard that like you and Matt were kind of as shopping other ideas or whatever because you know, hey, the the buzz is out there for both of well, you. Well, we're I mean, right now we're on an overall, so we we're we're we are spoken for at the moment. Cool. Um, so we're on an overall with with Universal. So, um, wow. Awesome. Yeah. So we, we get, we get a lot of inquiries right now. Universal has, um, first tips, first tips on everything. And, uh, and again, you know, it's a long game. Sure. Well, yeah, that's excellent, man. Very, very cool. Holy shit. So you got some stuff independent from uh, what you're putting out there publishing wise that you're kicking around or whatever. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, and I got, I just got to do my first week in a I can't tell you what the show is. I I've not actually been told that I I can't tell you what the show is, but I also haven't been told that I can can tell you what the show is, so I'm going to wait until okay. that's expressly right. expressed. Okay. Um but you're doing a little TV work. But uh, yeah, I I wow. spent a week in a writers room and and uh wrote an episode and 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 actually had a really amazing experience. Like really enjoyed myself, loved the room. Um, was, you know, the, the notes were, were not as maddening as I had been led to believe they were going to be. I had one thing I really wanted to fight for. I fought for it. I won, you know, great. I don't know if it'll make it to the screen, but I at least won to the level that I could win, you know, that's interesting. And we were talking, you know, before I introduced you about collaborating with others and stuff. So, yeah, what was the writer's room experience like? You say, obviously, that it worked out. Did you have – I mean, I know you've got enough friends that have experienced it and plus married to someone that's experienced it to some degree as yeah. well. Um, you know. And I had done the – I had done uh, um, the Prometheus Project with uh, right. Dark Horse and uh, Scott Alley. Um mm-hmm. And had a, an amazing experience. It was a, that was a great room. I loved everybody that I worked with there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's and you know that's comics versus you know I, and I don't know how different was it then from a comics writers room to a, a TV project writers room. It was very different. Um, I would imagine that's what I keep hearing. So yeah, yeah, it was it was very different. Um, you know, first of all, we were we were writing individual books not individual episodes of an ongoing story right um and uh and i you know but i i got to learn like in in the tv room i got to learn the the methodology that that this particular showrunner uses or or our creator uses to um to to break down 
episodes and seasons. And mm-hmm. um, and I stole that shit like you would not believe. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, that's great. Uh, Very cool. So I was like, you know, taking pictures of everything just so I could come. Like I came home and bought like giant bulletin boards. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I'm not. I, well, like you were saying that you you had that with uh, Periscope. Yeah. And you were saying that yeah, the arc was already up for uh, for pretty deadly and everything. So I can appreciate that. No, that's uh, and that's also very impressive. Given I, I mean, as I always tell you and Matt are like my organizer gurus Aww. in terms of uh, no, you do. Hey, man. No, you you guys are really and 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 I and truly I I am I'm always impressed and I get ideas from you guys all the time. I wasn't able to attend uh, San Diego's uh, you know work seminar that you guys kind of put on, or at least the panel where you guys kind of talk about the way you strategize and everything, and and you know yeah. kind of keep your ideas organized and stuff. But you know, yeah, I I took notes from last year certainly. Aww. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's sort of the thing that like. Uh, uh, nobody's going to do it for you, you know? Yes. Yes. So. No, absolutely. Well, it's, it's an opportunity to transition to pretty deadly and everything. And uh, the next arc is coming up. Yeah. Uh, I believe it starts in November. Okay. Uh, but we are, we are trucking along nicely and um, yeah. And I, I, Emma's amazing. Um, well, I, you know, yeah, the first arc speaks for itself and also had the fun time uh, talking to the both of you as that was getting underway. Yeah. And we um, because of the the second arc, uh, you know, crosses into some some real history. Um, uh, there was a lot to learn. Uh, OK. Uh, and, and it was it was sort of a, some history that I realized I just didn't have. Um, like, uh, so it, it deals with the, um, the first world war, uh, oh, wow. and, okay. and, and it was a sort of thing that I realized, like, I don't know what that looks like, like trench warfare. Yeah. Or? Like, okay. I, I, I had some, I mean, I knew what a trench was, but like, I mean, just the weirdest, just like things like. Not really understanding. I, I understood like, okay, so there's the trenches and then in between the trenches, there's this no man's land and, and, and then there's, uh, you know, there's barbed wire in the no man's land and like, right. who put the barbed wire there? And are there two things like, does each side have barbed wire? And like, how far away is the no man's land? And like are like just so I like so many questions and some of them I never really figured out and like um how would you know like okay how was the gas delivered was it you know in cans was it in like how how did they how did they get they use gas how did they disseminate it I know you know uh David McCullough the historian always says that World War One fascinates him because literally that is when you know we all talk about the Industrial Revolution and starting in the 1870s, but really technology made its big leap during the First World War when you had airplanes fighting and you had uh, more sophisticated submarines and and all of this you know mechanized war that really did take the place of the guys on horseback and the 
you know, really from like, you know, what you imagine from the Revolutionary War through the pre uh, you know, World War One period of like, you know, the the militia kind of standing in line and just kind of, you know, <laughs> shooting as they all walk yeah. forward in a straight in a horizontal line and stuff like that. So yeah, I can appreciate and that. Then, and like I learned about things like uh, uh trench clubs. I was like, oh, you're fucking kidding me. What are trench clubs? Tell me. Trench clubs are like tiny little bats that literally have nails sticking out of them. Oh, okay. That they would right. use to beat the shit out of each other, like hand-to-hand right. combat. Right. Well, if they broke through the barbed wire and were like approaching the trench. And yeah. Like okay. if you got into the trench, you use a trench club and the trench clubs had these nails so they could like pierce through gas masks and shit. Sure. You know, and uh, um, and I read this like first person account of this guy telling a story about, you know, how hard he had worked to try to save this kid, th- this like fellow soldier. And then like realizing that his own gas mask had a hole in it and well, fuck that kid's probably going to bleed to death anyway. And like taking the kid's mask. Wow. Yeah. You know, and was just like, yes, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> did you have to read All Quiet on the Western Front when you were a kid? I did, but I don't remember it. No, I understand. <laughs> you know, we we read it, and then I think the TV movie with Richard Thomas and Ernest Borgnine yeah. was out around when we were reading it when I was a kid. And then also I did see the early, like, 1930 Lou Ayres, like a very early talkie. Yeah, like uh, I, I read uh, Ivanhoe too, but like I, I don't, <laughs> don't ask me shit about it. I think there's somebody named Rebecca in it. You know, I understand. No, I understand. Well, that's why I Macaulay. Did a lot of drugs never... is what I'm saying. All right. <laughs> well, like that's why McCulloch, I and it was in in uh, some sort of like you know. C-SPAN book TV sort of uh, conversation that he mentioned, you know, just this in passing about how World War One fascinates him because of the changes in technology and stuff. And that it really was our, or, you know, really that's when the 20th century really kind of started to happen. Yeah. And it was, and it was in response to these problems of this war. And no, it's, it's, it is, it's crazy because on the one hand, there's all this technology and then you hear the brutality of the mustard gas and, and also just, yeah, like you say, the trench clubs and things like that. No, it's, it's, it's harsh, man. And that's why I think they called it the war to end all wars. And that's why it was really just like such an abomination and, you know, Wouldn't God, it have been I, neat if it had ended all wars or, or even any of them ever? Yeah. Yeah. Well, but again, I mean, we saw how unfortunately things the end of it, I mean, it's it's just like the start was just this ax, you know, this collage of accidents that led to World War One. The Treaty of Versailles and and everything that happened in the in the twenties and thirties is what obviously leads to, you know, World War Two. And it's the same thing. I mean, unfortunately, the solution sometimes can lead to another problem. Yeah. And well, we're experiencing that right now. Thank God. Oh my God. <laughs> Yikes. Jeez, well, that's really cool. I didn't realize it was going to be such a time jump. Yeah, for- well, um, yeah, it leaps, it, it leaps ahead a bit. Um, it, it, it's sort of like the uh, – it goes from general to specific sort of as the book progresses. You know, like it's it's this – it's myth space. I kind of figured, yeah. And, it, and, it's, and it's still – I mean it remains – it is not a history by any means. But – 
it's kind of the larger story is sort of about the old west mythology and how it cycles out um yeah that's it, it's almost like we were just talking about liberty valance and everything in terms of yeah are you saying that that the way civilization kind of forced the old western way of life to kind of change yeah and and like and our ideas about the west and what the west what the west was and how that you know how how our mythology changed um and so uh there's it's going to be four and a half arcs okay um so it's the the first arc is uh the old west the second arc goes into world war 1 Third arc, as I have it planned right now, will deal with some of the suffragettes. Very cool. Um, three and a half uh, goes back in time um, to some medieval stuff. <laughs> and then uh, I know, right? <laughs> no, that's fun. That's great. No, I was expecting, you know, pure Western from start to finish. Go on. No. And then um, – that's excellent. And then four uh, is where we end, and it's not contemporary. I won't. I won't I'm not going to tell you where it is because I'm. Okay. I think I know where it is, but I need to make sure that my. I'm, I need to make sure my 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 thought about how. How history changed at that time is actually correct. Um, okay. Okay. But uh, but it, but it's not. It's it doesn't like it's not today. That's you know that's the that's that's Emma's great fear. <laughs> She's like, you know, please God, I don't want like I, I don't I don't want um, Jenny in a Starbucks. I was like, oh fuck no, I. <laughs> I understand. That's great. No, that's cool. And yeah, I mean, you know, so is Emma cool with all the different uh, time jumps and everything? Is she like, you know? Oh uh, yeah, oh yeah, totally. And you know, and there's a there's. Did she have one of the periods that she really wanted to cover? She was the one she lobbied for uh, uh, the medieval, and I was like, "But that doesn't make sense with the larger." I'm going to make that work. I'm going to make it work, Emma. So that's cool. No, that's great. You know, that's honestly there's and and you know we can talk about this as much or as little as you want, but um, you know the diversity question in comics lately. It sometimes gets me angry when – and you've already made this point both with Val and with Emma and you've done it in previous interviews with Emma as well. How important the artist is in terms of the storytelling yeah. and I get really angry when it's like, well, you know, no people of color on this book that are – you know, there's nobody writing this book. And it's like, you know, the artist is writing the book along with the art with the writer. Oh, yeah. If, if it's – you know, in the, in the right situation. If they're situation. not, you're doing it wrong. There you go. Exactly. And that's the thing. And I – you know, Val and I talked about his contributions uh, to uh, to Bitch Planet and everything and his world building and some of the things that he brings to it. And I'm glad you mentioned some of them as well. And that's that's the thing. It's like, hey, you know, there there are two storytellers here. Yeah, I and, know, and I get that no. there's a sort of short and like I'm much more of a public figure than Val is, you know, by 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 personality and <laughs> Yes. You know, and 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 I get that. And the same same goes for for you know, Emma's a genuine 
introvert. Val's not. Val's Val's um, very outgoing. But you know, um, Emma's great on a stage, and Emma like you know genuinely likes people. It's not like you know she's she she's not like a uh, wallflower misanthrope or anything. Or anything. But. Um, yeah. <laughs> but in my my husband is is just like this. Like it's it's we actually I make jokes about how Emma is my work wife and Emma and Matt are very similar. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, but you know like 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 that sort of, those sort of, sort of interactions take a lot out of her, um, and uh, and she'd just rather be working, you know. And I get that. That's not a problem. Um, but so for those reasons, sometimes. Um, people will use the shorthand where like, you know, Kelly Sue's bitch planet or Kelly Sue's, you know, pretty yes. deadly or whatever. And I was like, is that not, that's not accurate. It's no, that's not, uh, it is not creatively accurate and it's not, um, legally accurate either. Sure. You know, so, I um, do, but I also don't want to like, I don't want to tell – like I try to be gentle in the reminder because I don't want to like yell at people who are telling me how much they love our book, you know? No, and I can appreciate that as well. And and to be honest, for a really long time, I was more comfortable talking purely to writers because of my own sports writing background and broadcast background mm-hmm. that I, th- I feel like I think more like a writer or at least I have more writer questions. And it really took a long time for me to like – Oh man, you know, don't forget. I mean, you know, the important, the more than half. I mean, that's the thing. The the art is the calling card to enter the book, and also does carry a lot on a subconscious level of the enjoyment of the story as it's going on. Yeah, I mean, it's sort you can of have interesting. a great writer and a shitty artist, and if it's a shitty artist, then the book sucks. And you can have a mediocre writer and an amazing artist, and you're like, wow, this is incredible. Right. It, you it's, know, it's very interesting to me how like. Uh, uh, it, it works very differently in film, like and film directors get credit for everything. Uh-huh. Um, like somebody wrote that script. Absolutely. You know, um, like the director and, and the cinematographer and, and like, you know, the very important roles, but like we like we almost never interview sometimes is more recently, but like they almost never talk it is as the though the film sprung fully formed from the head of the director, you know, and like, no, you're right. And it's such a, 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 a theater film and comics are such, unless you are one of those cartoonists who does the whole thing, um, you know, top to bottom yourself, in which case, you know, fuck you, Scotty Young. Um, but <laughs> Who I just talked to and is either right after your episode or right before oh, your episode. I, so. I love you so much. I can't even tell you. I spent no, I like two hours on the phone with him yesterday. So it's <laughs> it's um uh, good, uh very good dude. Absolutely. Yeah, Scotty and I are Scotty and I's biggest fans. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me. Um uh, also anytime anything <laughs> humiliating happens to me for whatever reason. Scotty is my favorite person to call and tell um, because he has like the most amazing like, like like he will actually like physically bend over and slap his knee like non ironic like not if that is not a performance that is actually how that dude laughs. <laughs> um, 
but now, yeah, Scotty's an, he's been an important sounding board for me. Honestly, I, I value Scotty's opinion a lot when I talk to him a, about. Yeah, he is a, he's stuff. a smart dude about the industry and about his business. And yep. he is a smart creator. Um, and I just fucking enjoy his company. Um, and, uh, but he's the exception. So as but you yeah, say, but no. yeah, like he, he is a guy who can do the whole damn thing. Right. Know? I don't think he letters. I think that's like, I think he doesn't <laughs> let himself, but other, Maybe but he not. probably could, it's just like a time thing, you know? Sure. Sure. Um, but anyway, so, so like, fuck you, Scotty, but for the rest of us schlubs, um, it is a, it is a collaborative art form and, while, you know, one or two people may be the spokespeople for a project, they may be the um, the most visible or the most outspoken, do not make the mistake of believing that that they are Zeus and this just came out of them like Athena. You know, it's absolutely it just doesn't work like that. Um, you know, you're if you are not writing. It, you know, script writing in comics is uh, is like a, almost an epistolary model. It's like writing a letter to the artist, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's very personal. Their, their work changes how you write. Like it's – there's something that they, they bring to the way the character looks that makes you change the way you thought about them or – you know, I mean it, it's so – it's absurd to give a hundred percent of the credit to anybody, you know, um, mm-hmm. I, you know, the, the, the artist and the writer spend the most hours on the book. Um, and they're for that reason, the ones that you will usually talk to and they're the ones that are the most deeply invested, but, you know, Clayton letters, all my, my, uh, image books and, uh, and he does so because, um, because one time I noticed something that he did that on Avengers assemble that like made a joke sell like, Oh wow. Yeah. He, um, he made, a balloon tail, a, a, a tail connecting two balloons a little bit longer to indicate a pause in, in a way that just completely made the rhythm work. Wow. And it's the sort of thing that like, you know, and, and it's a fucking crime that that kid does not get nominated. Um, like for some reason, like people, he's so good. Nobody notices him. It, Which is the best – exactly. That's the best kind of letterer, absolutely. It makes me crazy. Um, but, now, Eliopoulos goes through that as well and I, I yeah. you know, I'm glad he's doing his art with uh, Brad Meltzer's books and stuff. On, yes. Uh, Joe uh, Caramagna was with me on Captain Marvel longer than anybody. Joe lettered the first issue of Captain Marvel and Joe lettered the last issue of Captain Marvel. That's really cool. I didn't have the same editor. I didn't have the same color. You know, like there no, no was with me as long as on that book as Joe was. And wow. Joe um, was wonderful to work with. And I am a pain in the 
ass for uh, letters because I rewrite after they've lettered. I can't help it. And sometimes I will do it twice. Uh, for poor fucking Clayton, I will do it as many times as it takes to get it right. Um, but like I can't until I see it on the page, I don't know how it's going to read. And so I have to rewrite it once I see it. Um, and, you know, Clayton's a sweetheart and, uh, uh, and just knows that about me. We've been working together long enough. And, 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 and Joe, uh, was always, I was, in fact, I, I think I did actually send him fruit once. Um, that's nice. That's nice. I was just like, oh, dude, I know you hate me. And he's like, I don't hate you. Well, not a lot, you know? <laughs> Well, no, you know, and, and Iliopolis really kind of gave me that education of how letters are really that last line of production. Oh, yeah. And, oh. and you know, again, more that the reader doesn't understand in terms of the process and everything. Yeah, but I mean, they're, they're, they're in, incredibly creative participants in the process, um, you know, and the colorist as well. And, and yes. you know, I mean – um the team of Emma and Jordy on Pretty Deadly just takes my breath away, you know? I understand. Yeah. Um, but I was going to tell you a Joe story. Oh, I know what it was. Uh, Please. There's a, there's a line that Joe wrote um, in Captain Marvel. And it's a line that everybody loves and I get credit for it. And it's Joe. Um, it's uh, uh, like, give me back my flurkin' cat. Um, and I had in the script written just like, I need a tagline here as she's leaving and I don't have it yet. So, um, I'll get it filled in before lettering, but like they gave him the lettering script before I got it. And I like, I, it just, I, it wasn't usually I would do, I will do after the art is all in, I will do a lettering script before it goes to Joe. Okay. But in this case, for some reason, like they just sent it to Joe before I did the lettering script. And so he, he had, um, <laughs> there was a couple things that he had done. There was one part where I had put, you know, in sound effects, I don't write the sound effects until I see the panel. Cause I don't know what it looks like. It's going to sound like. Okay. Um, and so, uh, so I had SFX as appropriate. And so like he, he lettered as appropriate. Um, <laughs> Which I thought was really fucking funny. Did it make it to the final thing? Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> um, but go on. He also, but but in the like, I need a tagline, but I don't, you know, I need something good. I'll I'll I'll, I'll think of it before lettering. Uh, like he he did give me back my flarkin cat, and it was just, a, and he was just kidding, you know. It was just like, but I was like, oh no, that's great, Joe. We're we're keeping that. That's excellent. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Very funny. Very cool. That's excellent. I, you know, and I, I meant to ask you during Pitch Planet and stuff, any any more recent fun non-compliant uh, stories in terms of fandom and stuff like that? I mean, you, you know, again, you started with the Carol Corps, and then you got to actually do it in Secret Wars, which was really fun. And yeah. also knowing, I mean, and again, I can't remember the name of that uh, documentary about the, was it Fly Girls? Yeah. About the World War II uh, yeah, women yeah. and stuff? That's the, the PBS one's really good. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and I saw – now, was that the same thing? Because I, I just last summer, 
I saw um, a PBS documentary about you know World War II women, and it actually went from the World War II women all the way up to the women that really were like wanted to be part of the space program. Right, the, the Mercury Thirteen. Right. Yeah, exactly. The Mercury Thirteen. Yes, yes. Yeah, and that was or, just or the flats as they were known then. The Mercury Thirteen was given to them later, but wow, yeah, the flats. What was what did flats stand for? Oh, I can't even remember. Oh, it's like an anagram. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, they. But yeah, that was great. Go on. No, I mean the whole uh, – I think I've, t- I've, I've t- said this before on your show, but like anybody is interested in the Mercury 13, I cannot recommend highly enough the Martha Ackman book uh, by the same title. Um, there's there's another one called Promise the Moon that's okay, but the Martha Ackman book just is just called Mercury 13 is um, exceptionally well-written and so heartbreaking. It's very, very good. Very cool. Yeah, I saw like I said, I saw some PBS thing. Yeah. That's that I think did kind of focus on the on the on cuz I'm actually getting the two things mixed up cuz then I saw a BBC thing about uh the women uh that were flying during World War 2 right. uh for England and that was terrific. Yeah, and no, they were amazing. And then have you seen anything on the Night Witches? No, tell me about the Night Witches. The Night Witches were the Russian female pilots. Wow! No, and if we if we did talk about that, I don't remember that, but that's fantastic! Yeah. Wow, because it was great seeing, and I'm sure you saw the video too, because you probably tweeted about, it, and maybe that's how I saw it: the two 90 year old you know vets from Britain getting back in a cockpit and everything oh, yeah. and flying and stuff. Yeah, it was fantastic. It's like good for you, man. That's excellent. Yeah, um, and she wasn't a pilot, so it doesn't. It's not quite the same. But if you ever get a chance. Uh, you should Google or, or you know what, I'll, I'll Google it for you and I'll send it to you so you can put it in the show notes. You have to read Nancy Wake's, um, obituary. Um, oh, I'd be glad to. Yeah. Because, uh, she wasn't a pilot, but she was a British, um, operative in world war two and her obituary is fucking amazing. Um, and uh, I'm going to spoil it a little bit, but there is a uh, uh, there is a Frenchman. She 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 did a lot of like unfucking believable shit. But there's this Frenchman who talks about her and says like, oh, she was the most feminine woman you've ever met, uh, and until there was a fight, and then she fought like five men. That's cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow, a real life modesty plays off. Yeah. That's uh, oh, she is like Nancy. Nancy, like the fact that there hasn't been an, um, a movie about her is unbelievable. You know, that's that is the amazing thing. I, I again, David McCulloch. I've been reading the Wright Brothers book that he wrote, and you find out about their sister, and she's really like the glue of the family and stuff. Yeah, women and it's are really, erased from history, John. I, I and, you know. My friend, you are always there to educate and enlighten, and I, I appreciate that. And honestly, yeah. and I'm glad that a lot of these stories are really finally coming out. I just was watching on uh, the Academy of Television does those oral histories of television history, and they had um, the woman, and I forget her name, but she was an editor for Murrow and for Fred Friendly on See It Now, yeah, and you know edited the McCarthy stuff and and was right there with these guys as they were creating the modern news documentary back in the you know late 40s and early 50s and it's fascinating and, she's and her whole utterly career invisible and unmentioned yeah yeah no yeah. and it's you know and it, it and these are white women yeah you know, they are. black women don't fucking exist they're just no. wiped out 
God, there was that Western woman and my friend October Crafasi wrote a little short story about her and that image uh, outlaw uh, Is it territory. Shotgun Mary? Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Erica Badu plays her in the. That's uh, insane. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, what's? Yeah, and, and I'd always heard that Shotgun Mary was kind of a, a bigger, kind of stockier woman and everything. But still, I got no problem with that. I love Erica Badu. Yeah, um, she's pretty. Yeah, no, it's it's. Uh, I mean, Shotgun Mary was was a little bit of the DNA of um, Sarah in. Pretty deadly, although like that kind of went out the window pretty quickly. But okay, but she right. the, the first the first time you see her when she's she's holding a shotgun comes from a picture I saw of Shotgun Mary. I can appreciate that. Yeah. You know, I want to ask Kel in in general, and and feel free as much you want to dip in on on this. But really, you know, obviously, and I appreciate, and I'm glad that the, the people that are asking for more diversity in comics are being heard. I do think the big two are responding. I can appreciate the feeling that it's not fast enough. Mm-hmm. But I also think sometimes that there is selective anger about creative teams that are announced about, say, a woman character. Whereas, you know, when it might be two men writing and drawing it, and they're angry about that team. And I'll even name names. Like I, I saw a little bit of bite back on that there's a new Black Widow book and it's Wade Insomni. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, which I know I felt the same way. I'm like, uh, gee, they were just amazing on Daredevil, and they're both great creators. Yeah, and and people are like, well, there should be a woman on that, and it's like, well, you know, there have been women on Black Widow, mm-hmm. and and recent in recent memory, and meanwhile, like across the street at DC, everyone loves, uh, and and I'm one of them as well. What Cameron Stewart, Brendan Fletcher, and company are doing with, you know, Batgirl and Black Canary and stuff, and it's like, well, where's the anger there? And I and I'm like, that's, the, you know, I I get a little. Uh, And also, like, why must, you know, much like I've heard that there are certain African-American creators that don't want to do African-American heroes, it's like, hey, can, um, much like you got to write an Avengers book, it's like, can't we just have a good writer write, like, you know, and for years, we've applauded Rucka for writing good women. And don't get me wrong, I want the pool to be more diverse. I want, I truly do as well. But I, and I do think that, again, it's, there's a balance between, Let's let's get a good quality book, and and also make opportunities available. I mean, it it seems to me it's getting better. But you tell me. Um, I mean, we do we have this conversation every six months. Yeah, yeah. I know it's 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 hard <laughs> because there's some, there's some parts of it that are I have complicated feelings about. Um, I respect that. So, <laughs> on the one hand, um. You know, I, I really find it distasteful, the idea that um, you know, only women can only write women and, and men can only write women. Like, that's just fucking absurd. Yeah. You know, um, uh, there are so very few black books black lead books right. right? that I really do think it's very important to try to staff those books with at least some black creators um, because we have so very few, we have very few black creators. We have very few black books like, that is really an effort needs to be made. Um, 
I think uh, that it, I, it, it bums me out that anyone would be upset about Wade and Somni on Black Widow. Widow. Um, Uh, but I, I also have a problem with like this thing happens where uh, like I, I like uh, uh, like I'd, I'd rather see a woman on on Hulk. Well, I remember you telling me that you had your own ideas for Hulk, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. no, <laughs> let it happen. No, and no, that's so nobody interesting. Nobody in this industry understands anger better than I do. I, promise. I think the closest we, I, <laughs> I, I think the closest, and I haven't talked to her directly about it, but uh, Gabe Hardman and Karina Becco, uh, you know, co-wrote their like arc on uh, one of those Hulk books that was a side book to the main Hulk book and everything. Yeah. And I under, I understand, but no, you're right, and that but, is weird. But like you know, or or but the the like if you're we've we you know I get the I get the whole like you know what, what you know I, I'd like to see more numbers and more diverse uh, uh, behind the scenes and uh, uh, in lead characters as well. Um, but there's a thing that happens that I'm that I'm trying that I'm dancing around because I'm trying to figure out how to articulate it, where it becomes this thing that like. The, the 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 female led books are become the ghetto books, um, sure. And we and and that's stopping somewhat as the sales numbers are are showing that that oh no no in fact, um, but like somebody said to me and I'm trying to remember who this was but somebody said to me like you know none of none of this means anything until we have like a you know a woman writing Batman. Yeah, well, that I was going to bring up that quote. It came up and actually was specifically Superman, and that ticked me off because I'm like, hey, I, I understand the sentiment behind that, but don't forget your history. Louise Simonson wrote Superman, and a really good Superman, for eight years. Yeah, but also we've the, gone backwards, John. Fair fair comment, Cal. I, I, yeah, I, like, we're honestly, way more progressive many years ago than we are today. The 70s were far more progressive than we are today. Well, but, but and I understand, no, you're 100% right about that, absolutely. And there are a lot more creators that we can point to, uh, both artist and writer and stuff, as far as that goes, and including the 80s as well. You know, Anna Seni had a very great Daredevil run that lasted a really long time, right after Frank Miller. And I was one of those guys that I'm like, Oh, hey, it's still good. All right. Yeah, I know, but like, <laughs> dude, know? like, we're, we're you and I are talking about we're you. we're naming like two or three yes. female creators. Agreed. Right? Like, we're fifty one percent of the fucking population. Like, I hear you. Um, Go on. Uh, that that and and this notion that like, so so it's hard because on the on the one hand, like you're just like okay, you know, let's let's. You know, hand the keys to the family car to a lady, and then I believe that, <laughs> like, you mean it, right? I well, I I understand that characterization, and I do I do hear you, and I agree that it needs to be more. But there's even recent history, Kel. Like you you were given an Avengers book. Yeah, Marjorie Liu was given a prominent X Men book, and it wasn't. Ten years ago, or even five years. Well, John, maybe in your John, John, please. My we friend, are two. Talk. We are two in I understand. rooms 
full of men. <laughs> I hear you, bud. Okay. No, no, honestly. Me, yes. You're, you're saying like, like ladies, no. come on. No, I no, that's not. You? <laughs> say it again. Shut say the it. fuck up. You're no, no. <laughs> say it again because you're cutting it out because I want your words to be heard. Yes, Seriously. I love you, John. I genuinely love you. But shut the fuck up. You're wrong. Uh, no, I. <laughs> Uh, like, you know, Please. when when they show a picture of the writer's retreat and the yeah, two right. and, and it is so many men right. in the room that it is literally there are people standing against the walls and the two women present are an, on editorial side. And they're like, oh, no, no. But you guys, there's one woman you can't see because she's hidden behind Jason Aaron's beard. <laughs> I understand that, and you're right, and I and I think that's fair, and and absolutely, and I and and truly, I'm with you on all of that. Yeah, and like because I, 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 it's so it's like, you know, well, like a woman has done it once. Shut up. Well, no, 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 and that's not what, and that's you know, a that's not where I'm coming from, and there at least that's not my intent. Yes, uh, you know, so, I I also get I get to where they're like, you know, there there, there are no black female creators. I'm like Afua Richardson would feel differently about that. I you respect know, that. Absolutely. feel differently about that comment. Like, no, we don't want to erase the women who are working. We don't want to erase the accomplishments of women who have come before. But the, the disparity in hiring is jaw dropping. I, I can appreciate all of that. There's all right. Here, here's another question. Again, I'm just playing devil's advocate. Okay, but let me let me throw out another statistic for you. Please, please. Anytime. Women are represent more than a third of the number of, of women in a group. Men perceive it to be female dominated. I've heard that and I understand uh, that unfortunate misconception. And I completely honestly. So, so, and you so, know, so, so, but, you so know, like like when, you know, there's a room teeming with like 30 men and there are two women present at this event. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't freak out. There's another woman there. You just can't see her. It's like, guys, that's 10%. I totally agree with what you're saying. Here's a question. This is my devil's advocate question. Do Are, are these women ready? Honestly, and I'm asking from an informational standpoint because I truly don't know. It seems like there are – even during Secret Wars, mm -hmm. the women creators that are working on these books are not counted – when the cry for diversity is yelled and said, look, we're still not represented. A-Force is out there. It was created for Secret Wars. It was a hit. It is going to be part of the all-new, all-different Marvel. And yet when I hear the critics say, not enough, they never mention A-Force as one of these, I'm putting air quotes, new books because I guess it, it's already up and running. But it's like, okay, and I'm not saying that's enough and ladies – be happy and we'll see you at the country club at the end yeah. of the day. No, That's, I mean, I can't defend a comment saying. I didn't make about a situation well, so, I don't know about. No, but but I guess well, my question, though, is also along with those, because like, for instance, uh, Noelle Stevenson doing uh, Runaways with Sanford Green, mm -hmm. you know, another another book that, again, because it's a lot of times it's like, well, they're not getting the they're not getting the opportunities on the ongoings or, well, they've only done three or four issues, you know, and a woman might get something or a person of color might be getting a writing or, or art job. Mm -hmm. And I, I also wonder if because some of these people that are being approached, both people of color and women haven't gone through the monthly deadline grind yet mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I, you know, is it? There's two possible scenarios. Like, aren't they? Are they maybe being tested on the occasional one shot as you might have been as well prior to you getting a monthly ongoing? Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, definitely you. You definitely learning curve. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But there's okay. there is also. Um, There, there. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, we're 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 bridging. We're 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 into a territory where uh, it becomes difficult for me not to get personal and specific. Um, okay. Okay. But uh, uh, yes, absolutely. There is a process by which new writers are brought in. Um, and that is absolutely true. Um, and, you know, and again, these are in fact, you know, uh, uh, major corporations that have to report to shareholders and, you know, you don't, uh, you don't just hand out these books as favors. Um, right, right. Um, and you, you know, and I'm just saying this for the listener that isn't a regular word balloon listener. I hope, and I, and I believe you know, or else we wouldn't be talking as often as we do. That I, I truly, I'm asking these questions from just an informational standpoint because I agree with you. There absolutely needs to be more. There yeah, absolutely yeah. needs to be more representation. It's, it's truly there are there are very talented writers and artists that aren't getting their their shots yet. And the other thing, I, the other possible thing. As and by all means, address what I've already said. And here's one more log to the fire, because uh, I don't want to sound like the defense attorney for men. <laughs> but I just wonder. Uh, also, there might be some pitches that that got shot down from women or people of color, and there might be an edit. You know, I think it's fair for an editorial staff to say, you know, this just this doesn't fit our plans for character X. Oh yeah, absolutely. I you mean, know. there there's a lot of times. Look. Um, uh, there is a lot of unjustified outrage on the internet. There's a lot of people who think they know shit that they don't know. Um, don't, don't, I am not speaking in defense of outrage. I am only speaking in defense of my own experience and my own belief about inequity. All right. So I am not, I am not speaking for a, I mean, I, I will defend outrage in a larger context, you know, but I don't, I don't think our sure. industry is particularly more sexist than any other industry, frankly. Fair enough. Um, Absolutely. And I, you know, and I shit tons rather work in comics than games. Uh, yeah, hey, hey, yeah. <laughs> um. No, and also, you know, like you say, and seriously, I quote you all the time, hon, and I, and I mean it. You're like, we're all evolving. And like, there's, it's going to be a goddamn bumpy road before we get it right. Yeah. And that's the thing. And I just feel like that, that there is some sort of effort being made that sometimes yeah, no, doesn't. I, get I don't, the ship is turning. It's a big boat. It turns slow, but there's a, there is a difference between We're not we're not there yet, and no effort is being made. Effort is 
absolutely being made, but nobody fucking sit down. Absolutely. Could not agree more. Uh, seriously, I respect the hell out of you that we have this conversation. Oh, yeah. Months. And look, dude. And we, and we take we take the temperature of the market and what's going on. Truly, you know that. Yeah. And oh, absolutely. And look, I my I scream and yell at my very best friend in the world and tell her she's wrong and shut up. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're awesome, babe. I mean, seriously, I you I value our friendship tremendously. Uh-huh. And I am glad that you that you are comfortable enough with me to get that angry with me. And yeah. I want you to because I want you to be honest. And I also want to be I, I don't have all the answers. I would like to hear. Well, none of what, us do. I mean, none of us do. Exactly. We don't have this. If, if like if I knew how to fix it, I'd have fixed it this morning before coffee, you know, like, <laughs> and I don't do shit before coffee. So, um, but, you know, it, it's it's it, it is hard. Uh, yeah, I I get it. Uh, there's no, a lot of, and like the, the thing I was, was like the thing I was coming back to that was that that's like hard for me to, to figure out is, um, you know, I, on the one hand, I don't only want to write books with female leads, right? right? On the other hand, there are not enough books with female leads. So every time I get an opportunity to write a book, I'm probably going to write it with a female lead because that's cool. we're trying to catch up. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Fuck yeah. Um, that said, like this notion that we haven't arrived until we're ri- writing male led books. Oh, please. Well, yeah, that, yeah. that, that, that I get it because it's, those are the highest status books. Right. But at Today. the same time, I, I am angry that those are the highest status books. Um, so at the time, at the, at the when I'm thinking, you know, like, yeah, um, the, the, the entire industry is built to sell Batman. Batman is literally right. zero. Yeah, the, um, yes. When, when it, it is, it is the zero line when we count it's, sales, right? It's right. It's what, the book, what it's the book that all is how we, right. our, it, it is our entire industry. If people don't understand this, this is a fascinating thing. Our entire industry's reporting is done in units of Batmans. It's true. Are you doing better than Batman? Are you doing worse than Batman? Yeah, I'm not, like I'm not kidding. I'm not making this. No, this is not a. You're 100 right. Absolutely literal. Okay. Yep. Everything yes. is measured in Batmans. So <laughs> when there is a woman writing Batman, right? Then then a huge leap has been made. At the same time, I remember when I was offered Osborne, feeling as though this was a like. This was a real book I had been offered because it was a male lead. Interesting. And and that it annoys the shit out of me that I thought that. Um Well, it's how we were conditioned, like you said. Yeah. No, so, you're right. Um so yeah. so I have I have kind of dueling opinions on this and I I can't quite figure out how I feel about it. Um you know, I would love to read a a a, a Wade Somni uh Black Widow. I, I have no problem with that whatsoever. Um, I would also like to see a woman writing Batman. I'd like to see a woman on on yeah. Hulk, in particular, because people tend to think that um, uh, that that character is so masculine, like that 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 is like hyper masculinity or whatever, because they because somehow like ladies don't get angry or. <laughs> I don't know, like, um, which 
Yeah, yeah like come spend the day at my house. Oh, oh man, no, I, hey, that's awesome, and I understand. Well, but you know, again, much like all of us, when we are not satisfied by our corporate masters on what we are allowed to do. We step away and we create our own thing and say, fuck you, I'm doing this instead. And this is what I've done with my podcast. This is what you've done with your image books. And not with any true malice to our corporate masters. It's just like, hey, if you're not going to change anything and if the status quo is that comfortable and expected, then fine. I'm going to go off on the corner, make my own thing, and look at all the people that followed us. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And you've done it with your books, and I'm and seriously, and you know this. I I am thrilled, and it's and it's right, and it shows the market. Wait a minute, there's a change, and it wakes them up, and if anything, it makes the boat turn a little faster. Yeah. Because we go off and do our own thing, and truly, I I applaud your what you've done, and I know you weren't looking for it, but it's true. It's great, and that's why too sometimes to the frustrated folk out there. When, 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 you know, some of us say, well, then do your own thing. It's not like, you know, hey, we don't want to hear you. It's like, you know, here's a, here's a plan of action that you can do that might actually change things. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, um, yeah, there's, there's, yeah. It's, it's, no, I appreciate the honestly. I appreciate the dichotomy. I, yeah, I do. It's hard. It's complicated. It's um, yeah. like you know, there's there's also like the superhero stuff is so loaded. Like you know, some there are so many. On the one hand, there are so many like incredibly old fashioned ideas about um, you know what superheroes are and what they represent, and like um. These these kind of ridiculous ideas about masculinity and femininity that are not either accurate or productive, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and that and you know so th- so there's there's like this sort of impulse to kind of walk away from superheroes. And on the other hand, like I know so many women who love superheroes so much. <laughs> You know, sure. and there's there's nothing inherently masculine about heroism or about of course not. Uh, yeah, uh, and, and you know, at, uh, science fiction or or the pulp aesthetic, and 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 in fact, the the ideals, the 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 kind of incredibly American ideals of our our superhero codes mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. dovetail really beautifully with the incredibly um american her- heroistic like tenets of feminism of course you know and and i think that's a yes like that you know my my intern brought in a thing the other day that somebody had slipped into his uh, uh newspaper that was like uh, you know, feminists are, are a hate group. Uh, some something about real equality. I don't remember. And I was like, yeah, oh, no, it's not. It's really not. Um, like you know, if that's if like this is sort of it is the opposite of that. In fact, um, and it and it in the the notion 
that you if you don't think that Steve Rogers would be a feminist, you're wrong. You know? I would agree with that. Absolutely. No, absolutely. So anyway. No, hey, now I'm just no. preaching. Now nah, you're preaching to the choir though, kid. It's all good. No, absolutely. Seriously. And I and Honestly, I, I'm glad you're able to kind of work it out, and I appreciate you kind of figuring it out as we're talking in terms of how best to, you know, uh, explain your 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 feelings on this. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and, and they're complicated, and I don't have to sure. work it out. And and you know, and we are all we are all imperfect people. But but I but you know while while steps are being taken and you know and and the industry is certainly shifting and and in in you know let's not kid ourselves it's it's not being done because it's the right thing to do it's being done because the sales numbers are backing it up yep um oh yeah it's just it's still a business no but the good news is women are coming out and saying no we want this and by the way if you make this we will buy it yeah we're we're like we're the only you know, the, we're the only minority that's actually 51% of the population, right? Yeah, I know. I know. Um, and, uh, uh, but, you know, and now we're like, uh, uh, you know, the, the read an article the other day, so we're like 53% of uh, comics buyers. I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, I don't know where it came from, but I like it. Um, <laughs> I and understand. I know that we're at least uh, uh, 50% uh, of con goers now. You yes. Know? Oh, that was great to hear in, in uh, San yeah. Diego. I was on one of those panels. And we've and, over 50% of moviegoers for a while now. Well, and again, you know, I even – like I was talking to some comic retailers at a couple of these panels in San Diego this summer that are women that run stores. And they were just talking about how difficult it was to get, you know, T-shirts prior to her – like companies like Her Universe existing and mm-hmm. stuff that would make women cut T-shirts, you know, for cut for a woman's body. And that, you know, well, there's not going to be enough women customers and stuff. And the great thing is for every idiot that said that to these women, there's some other entrepreneur that's like, uh, yeah, we'll take the license and we'll make women's cuts oh, t-shirts yeah. um, and we'll make money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Bitch Planet leggings and nail wraps have done fuck tons of business. That's insane. Yeah, no, we that's have we've sold through the first printing of the nail wraps. Like, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that actually or not, but oh, well, I said I it. Cut that. All right, I was gonna say I can cut it if you want me yeah, to. Yeah, it's, okay. no, it's all right. It's I'm sure it's fine. All right. All right. Um, but, but yeah, we we sold through the first, this first printing of the nail wraps, and and uh, uh, the bombsheller said that the uh, Bitch Planet leggings order was the biggest order they'd ever gotten. So that's excellent. That's excellent. Yeah. No, and that's the thing. God, that that non-compliant symbol is so cool, and and really does kind of say it all, and and does really. I mean, it's it really is stumbling on. You know, and forgive the male comparison, but like the Superman, you know, insignia or something like that in terms of it's just a great logo and it really does work. Yeah, no, it's it great design by Val. And, and it's also, I mean, I think one of the things with it, particularly when it's used as a tattoo, that I try to keep my ego out of it and just like remember that this isn't, you know, you know, Dan Curtis Johnson, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Dan Curtis Johnson said something so good. I wish I said it. What did he say? He said, um, you don't get the non-compliant tattoo because you're a fan of something in the book. You get the non-compliant tattoo because the book is a fan of something in you. Very nice. Yeah. Well said. Absolutely. And yeah. It is – that is so accurate. It's not a that movement or f- 
phenomenon or whatever yeah. it is like that that yeah. thing with the tattoos isn't isn't it isn't about us it's about a lot of people who have uh found in that symbol and in the way that it's been articulated um it's something that stands for a way they feel about themselves. You know, it's, yep. it's, it's kind of in a way like being non-compliant in the book, it's not a good thing. You know, you don't, you don't label yourself non-compliant. Like the, the, the world labels you non-compliant. Yep. It's not, it's not a badge of honor. It's a, it's something that says you don't fit, you know? Yep. And so, it reminds me of yeah, it reminds me of the Twilight Zone, the obsolete man. Yeah, and and, and, and it's this badge. Yeah. So and what what's happened is because of the kind of double meaning in the in the term, um, women and men, but mostly women, yes. have have kind of taken it very similar to to the way that you know bitch is used in the title of the book. You know, sure. it's it's become a thing that's like uh, I am proud of who I am. There is nothing wrong with me because I yep, don't yep. fit in your box. Doesn't mean I don't count. Yep. yep. Um, and so it's become a kind of badge of honor and a kind of permission slip to like explain who you are. Yeah. Be to be like to be, like I'm okay with who I am, and you can't make me hate myself. Right. Yes. You don't win. Yeah. You Just don't because get I'm different, to decide you don't win. that I'm. I don't count because I'm not what you think I should be. That's not for you to decide. I'm with you. Um, and I think that that is the thing. As, as much as I would like for it to be, you know, the Superman logo or whatever, as much as I would like for it to be something that that is inherent to our book, I don't think it really is. I think it's, I think it's more about them than it is about us. Okay. And that's... I think that's okay. I think that yeah, that's pretty great, really. Fuck yeah! No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like you guys really hit on this idea a at the right time, and b it does speak to everyone. It doesn't just speak to women. In fact, you and I can't remember exactly what you said. I should have pulled it up, but um, in one of the letter pages, you kind of like make this comment of just be true to yourself, and you know, you kind of, it was kind of your sign off on one of your essays, probably before the letters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, um, what, yeah, it's uh, what it means to me when I see it um, is that it's what you're saying is, you know, I am I don't fit in my box. I am I'm too too black or too brown or too religious or too atheist or too uh, uh, sexual or too prudish or too what, you know, whatever it is that my culture wants to indict me for today. Um but like, I won't let you in. At a girl, absolutely. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You got you got time to talk Barbarella, or you got to go because I don't want to. Um. Yeah, we can talk Barbarella for a minute, and then I probably should get up because I'm missing sure, sure. Harry Potter now. Ah, I understand. I understand. How are the how how's the Mishpoka? How's the family? They're good. They're good. Yeah. We're finishing up uh, the third Potter book tonight. Um, nice. Yes, the kids have uh, got. Their uh, banners for their respective houses hanging on their doors. <laughs> um, Any, anybody with uh, Hufflepuff or whatever? That oh yeah, um, actually, uh, uh, Henry and Matt are both Hufflepuff. 
Tallulah is Ravenclaw. Nice. And I am Slytherin. <laughs> was that was that forced upon you, or did you choose Slytherin? No, no, no. None of us chose. We both, we all of us, all of us took the Sorting House quiz. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. So, uh, so it was selected for us the way it's supposed to be. Um, and, uh, I think we're all well-placed, although, uh, I was certain I was going to be Gryffindor <laughs> and not so much. Oh, so. well, that's all right. But I've, that, I've I... embraced it now. I'm like, I've just decided to go all in. And like the funniest thing too, is like my best friend from growing up, um, is a, is a big Potter fan. And I texted her, uh, and I was like, I, oh my God, have you taken the, the sorting house quiz? <laughs> she was like, no, my kids have. And I was like, you have to take it because I'm in Slytherin. Uh, and, then, and she was like, ha, 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 ha. And uh, I was like, can we still be friends? And I was like, of course. She's like, Snape is in Slytherin and I love Snape. And I was like, okay, you, you, have to t- you have to take the quiz and you have to write me back. And she was like, I'm driving. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, let me pull over. And then yeah. And, and she's like, all right, I'm like hit me up when you get home. And, um, what was she? So Slytherin. But, uh, She's Slytherin too. That's awesome. Yes, All right. So there great. you go. And the funniest thing was uh, – <laughs> she wasn't actually texting me and driving. But anyway, um, uh, just before we get letters about that, she was texting <laughs> and driving, <laughs> I promise. Um, All right. But uh, uh, anyway, when she, she gets home, it's like an hour and a half later or something, and I get a text from her and it just says, oh, no. <laughs> and, and I was like, yes. So anyway, yeah. that's fair. Well, you guys could plot and, you know, take yeah. over the school at any, at some but, point. But here's that's the fantastic. thing is that, that Slytherin is just, um, characterized by ambition and there's nothing necessarily wrong with ambition. It just can go wrong. <laughs> and also Merlin, who was one of the greatest wizards in history was Slytherin. All right. I didn't know that. That's fantastic. I don't read the books, so I had no idea they, they've attributed Merlin to Slytherin. That's like fantastic. Merlin was Slytherin, and I like that. So I'm I got no I got no problem with that, pal. That's that's very but yeah, nice. So Tallulah's in Ravenclaw, which are, are all of the like smarty pants. And uh and Henry and Matt are both in Hufflepuff, which are that's... like the hardworking, incredibly good people. <laughs> I just remember doing my Harry Carey imitation, which is everyone's Harry Carey imitation. <laughs> Going through the schools at Hufflepuff, boy Gryffindor, and there's Ravenclaw. Yeah, you know it just yeah. So I just love saying Hufflepuff. But we're so, yeah. we're having a blast, and I've read the books um, except for the last one. I haven't read the last one, but um, uh, and then uh, but Matt hasn't, so he's sort of like discovering them with the children, and it's really, oh, that's great. Yeah, it's really really cute. That's cool. No, that's no. I know, and I know she's an awesome writer. I just, you know, yeah. You can't, you can't read everything. You can't watch everything. Oh no, no, so no, it's, no. It's good. You know, that's awesome. So, so Barbarella. Yes. I got to tell you, and I know it's been a while, but uh, since you've like worked on them and stuff, but really great job because it really was fun. I love reading South American any international comics. I am fascinated by them because the the heads the mindset's different mm-hmm. uh the format is different everything oh my and god have you read two brothers not yet but i intend to because i i hope to uh have the boys on uh in fact i was talking with their representation about like hey post new york i would like to read i would like to have gabriel and fabio on so no that's on my list yeah it's so good it's so good 
We're talking about Gabriel Bond, Fabio. Oh yeah, Murphy. totally, totally. Don't know totally. who wrote. Who, who don't know that? Yeah, that's what Two Brothers in is it. But I did read tri- Day Trippers, of course. So mm. anyway, so no, yeah. I'm psyched. I'm psyched to talk to them. But yeah, so you know, like fun experience uh, doing the Barbarella stuff. Um. Yeah. Uh. It really was. It was. Um. You know, sort of nerve wracking. I was like a little scared to get it wrong. But um. Sure. But I. It's such a. Like I. I. Did you read both of them? No, I only read and I can't remember which one. But I. I and I don't. I, I borrowed it from a friend to read okay. it and everything. But I loved it. The, and um. Uh, I want to buy. I want to buy them both. Actually, I just haven't gotten around to it. The yet. first one. Oh, that wasn't judgy. That was just because. Oh no. I, I was just. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 no worries, no worries. Um, I'm behind on my husband's work right now, right? Um, oh, wow. All right. <laughs> there are only so many hours in the day. I hear you. But um, the, uh, the first one um, had existed in English translation before. And so oh. it was, you know, it, it, that one was like very scary to do because that one's one I was familiar with, you know? Okay, okay. And um, – and I, and I feel like I was a little stilted on that one by the fact that I was kind of coming in like third hand as opposed to even second hand. Yeah. I mean, like, like it was, a, you got to serve the original story to begin with. Yeah. And then, the, and then like, you know, it. sort of pre- like the, you know, they, they, the way it was put to me was like, you know, updating the translation. I was like, well, I don't know how you, well, I don't, I don't know how you update, you know, like, yeah. How much had it really changed from whenever it was originally? Yeah. And it, so, I mean, I just, was, was that in the eighties? Was it, was it in the eighties that it was originally done? No, in the sixties. The English translation even was done in the sixties. Yeah. I'm saying the translation. Yeah. Wow. Oh, and maybe because of the movie and maybe that's why they did it. Yeah. So, um, so I was kind of, I was like, all right, so I have to, wow. You know, so it's just like, like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not like that, you know, like, like they were using a lot of 60s slang or anything, you know, it was just, it was like, I don't, I don't know. So I just kind of put the idea of updating it out of my mind and just did it in the same way I would do any adaptation or translation, you know, it was just like, all right, I am, huh? Well, I was going to say we had talked in the past. You you've translated manga in your in your past as well. Oh my god, for years, yeah, I've done yeah, for like that's what I was going to say eleven thousand yeah. pages of manga translation and adaptation. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So what I so I sort of went at it from that and was like, you know, all right. So I'm just going to do this my way, which is to, um, you know, like try to match the tone that I am intuiting that the original author was going for. And I want, um, I want to capture kind of the, the, the levity and the playfulness in this book and, um, the sexuality, absolutely. And, uh, and I want to make sure that there's, you know, there's a, a good rhythm to the dialogue. Rhythm to the dialogue is always very important to me, particularly if that's the only, you know, if my, if my only contribution to the work is the dialogue, then, then I want to make sure, damn sure that the rhythm is right. You bet. Um, and, uh, you know, the visual pacing, uh, um, you know, so you don't have these gigantic blocks of text on the page. Um, but at the same time there, it, 
you know, these are old school comics, there were gigantic blocks of text on the page. So I don't want that now that balloon to look empty either. So, you know, kind of balancing that out and, um, and that sort of thing and making sure characters' voices are consistent and they, they sound like different people and, you know, so on and so forth. So I, I kind of went at it with that, but like on the first one, I do feel like I was like, like I felt a little stiff. Like the first one was harder than the second one. The second one, because it had never existed in, in English translation, I felt much freer. Um, although, I mean, I don't know, I don't know that, that the translation on the second one is any different than it is on the first one. It was a much easier process for me. I wasn't second guessing myself as much. Also, the second one is bug fuck crazy. Like it is the weirdest. There is a giant carnivorous ear. Okay, then I did read the first one. <laughs> yes. All right then. <laughs> There's a fish man in a carnivorous ear and at one point Barbarella gets depressed and like she's fucking suicidally depressed and it gets really dark. Like it's this book is insane. Oh, I want to read this one now. Yeah, Go on. So I compl- oh and there's there's like um there's paper that gets you high. And so yeah, I know about that. people <laughs> stealing paintings that are painted on this paper. <laughs> yeah. That's the sixties. How you doing, everybody? Yeah. So I mean, like the whole the whole thing is just bug fuck, and I loved oh, it. That a girl. I there. loved it. <laughs> so that is the, it's called the the second one is called the Wrath of the Minute Eater, and it's insane, and I highly recommend it. Awesome. All right. Very cool. Oh, you're killing me, Bev. That's awesome. Yeah. Carol Core just wrapped up, obviously. Yeah. Um. I don't know how much you did. And how much you were doing up until the end? I don't know. Were you co-writing? No, no, or... I, I'm. I am not a light-handed co-writer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of a pain in the oh. ass to co-write. We co-write with me because um, I make you do all of the, the shitty work, and then I rewrite you. <laughs> I understand. All right, um, but I figure that's the gig. It's different when I do it with uh, with um, Ellis. Um, okay, what did you guys do? Uh, we did a couple of issues of uh, Avengers Assemble, and we did a couple of issues of uh, Captain Marvel. Um, and uh, and we can talk yeah. about that on, on with you and Warren. You and Warren did it. Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't. I didn't remember him co-writing with you on Avengers. Yeah, he co-wrote, Assemble. co-wrote oh, with me twice, and uh, oh, awesome. Uh, and it was a fucking blast. And I okay. would do it again in a heartbeat. I love that dude, and it was great. And I think that. Like we, we sort of hate opposite parts of the job. So he did what he liked and I did what I liked and we get the book out and both of us are slow and we <laughs> were able to get it done fast Okay. because neither one of us was doing the part we didn't like. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. All so, right. No, good it deal. was great. And, 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 you know, I love his sense of humor. And so there was a lot of us trying to make each other laugh. Very good. Yeah. So, um. But yes, yeah, so, so my 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 process with anybody else is we we talk through the story together, then uh, you do 
uh, either a beat sheet or an outline, depending like, you know, on your level of experience. Um, uh, the editor and I will both take a look at that. Then you go to script and then I do, uh, a redraft of your script and a lettering pass. Okay. All right. I'm going to let you get back to your family, but, uh, this was great. All right. And, 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 and it's always great. Seriously. Oh, I look I can... forward to these. These are a great pleasure. Oh. That's lovely, hun. Because truly, I feel the same way, and I know, and I know you know that. So, my best to Maddie, and uh, yeah. So, Bitch Planet, the uh, the first, the ninety, the nine ninety nine first arc is available on Wednesday, mm-hmm. and then uh, for uh, local comic book day coming in November, uh, scan your local stores and see who uh, ordered the uh, the exclusive hardcover, limited to only seven hundred and fifty. Right. So that's going to be pretty impressive, and of course, November also we'll see the return of Pretty Deadly. Yes. So this is all excellent. Keep up the good work, woman. Oh, it's, you, it's absolutely it's always a pleasure and uh we will take uh the uh the temperature of uh, the comic market in a, in another 6 to 8 months, I'm sure. That sounds good. Man, I think if we were actually face to face, she might have punched me. But I know that if she would have punched me, she would have like hugged me and said sorry. But that's okay. <laughs> I didn't mean to rile her up. But honestly, I, I love the candor that I get from Kelly Sudaconic every time we talk. And um, I, like I said, I can't I can't tell you how much I appreciate uh, the fact that she comes back and talks to me, and therefore talks to the Word Balloon audience. So uh, thanks again to Kelly Sue. Lots more from Kelly Sudaconic in the uh, weeks and months ahead. Cannot wait. And that'll do it for this episode of Word Balloon. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, today was brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. Some of the big deals happening this month at InStock Trades. Marvel and DC titles, 45% off. Top Shelf titles are up to 70% off. Boom Studios titles, also up to 70% off. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's some other specific deals going on at InStock Trades. You can get 45% off Greenberg the Vampire. Uh, currently being uh, published by Marvel, this is uh, J.M. DeMattis and uh, Steve Lealoa and Mark Badger, and what a great book. Uh, my God, it's uh, one of the classics for Mark, and uh, I suggest you check it out. It uh, collects Marvel Graphic Novel 20 and material from Bizarre's, uh, Bizarre Adventures uh, number 29, so it's uh, great to get this trade at 45% off, $8.79. You can also get... RoboCop, Dead or Alive, Trade Paperback Volume 1, Joshua Williamson, Carlos Mango, uh, that's your art team. This is a great collection from Boom. It's 30% off, just $10.49. You can get Arrow Season 2.5, that's the digital comic uh, that's uh, out from D.C., uh, this is a, a great trade paperback that's uh, 264 pages. Mark Guggenheim and Joe Bennett and various artists uh, bridge the gaps between seasons two and three in this collection. It's 45% off, $10.99. Guardians of the Galaxy premiere hardcover, volume five, Through the Looking Glass. Brian Michael Bendis and Valerio Shidi, 45% off, $13.74. Just a few of the books that you can find at InStockTrades.com. Check out all the great details and more great deals waiting for you at InStockTrades.com. And again, thank you to the League of Word Balloon listeners for your continued support, uh, both word of mouth and uh, what you do for me via Patreon. So thank you. Uh, Questions or comments about the show, you can reach me via email, john at wordballoon.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook under my name. At Twitter, it's at John Word Balloon. So uh, more great stuff coming up for October. Another great guest is already lined up and will likely uh, hit the uh, airwaves uh, or pod waves 
uh, by the weekend. So look forward to that. I'll give you something to listen to if uh, you're on your way back from New York Comic Con, something new. But I hope you enjoyed today's show. Looking forward to bringing you more. Still have more great stuff coming from Cincy Comic Con, but uh, we went two hours with Kel, so I figured she deserved the solo spotlight uh, to talk about her stuff today. Until next time, thanks for listening. Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions, copyright 2015.